Blog Talk Radio. Raising Canaan, 
the the oh what is it the finale is tonight? Ooh, I might get off early so I can watch it. Have y'all been watching Raising Canaan? Oh my God, it's good. Are we getting to the point where we might know who we might get to see Breeze? For those of you who are not Power fans, if you didn't watch Power and you just been watching Raising Canaan, you won't know who Breezy is. Okay, story time, cyborg. Okay, so for Power fans, we know Breeze is the dude that that Canaan went to work for when you know, and that's how Ghost and Tommy comes into the picture. Because remember, in Power, when Canaan confronts. Ghost, I mean, ghost about how he killed Breeze, right, 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 right. So we know that's how Tommy and, and Tommy and Ghost and Kanan get they start out together. So we know when we see Breeze, Ghost is not too a young Ghost and a young Tommy is not too far from the story. So for those of you who don't know, who haven't watched Power, Power Book One, okay, Power Book One. Consider, you know, it's the story of Ghost, a, a big-time drug dealer. I call him the dumbest drug dealer in the world, but it's okay. Uh, it still was a good show. Uh, Ghost and Tommy and, and everybody in, the, in there and this, uh, how they handled this life in this upscale world where they're really drug dealers behind the scenes. But out of these stories comes a variety of other stories. We get Ghost uh, Power Book 2, the story of Ghost Son, Tyreek. Uh, 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 then we have uh, Power Book 3, which is the story of Canaan, his young story where they go back in time and they tell you how Canaan, Ghost, and Tommy come together. But it's right now it's built around it's built around Canaan, his family, and their drug dealing ways and all that back in the 80s, you know. So it's, 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 a, it's hot right now, okay? So I'm, I'm loving it. I'm excited. Mm, it's been good, y'all. I can't lie. It's been really good. House of Dragon. <sighs> Man, is the season finale? The, the finale didn't happen for it yet. I think it's coming this week. It's, it went by so fast. Oh, but that's probably literally, like, my favorite show. Like, that shit is, like, really that, that I, I probably really love House of Dragon. Okay, some of y'all was asking me about Handmaid's Tale. I have not seen the beginning of Handmaid's Tale. Some of y'all who who write me regularly, I I have not been watching. I know it's crazy. I have not watched it yet. I am going to watch it. Okay. Damn, I gotta get to it. Okay, but when I you know, but House of Dragon and Canaan has been taking up my space. It's been taking up a lot of my mental space. <laughs> When I do get to watch something, uh, Love After Lockup, yeah, saw the season finale. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I don't want to talk about it. I don't know. I don't know if it's interesting enough to me to talk about. I'm not sure. Damn. I, I'm really, no, seriously, I'm not really sure, okay? So, yeah, so that's a little bit of the housekeeping. I don't think I do want to talk about it. Okay, so that's a little housekeeping for the the shows that's coming up. Other housekeeping. Okay, so I want to announce if you are if you have a blog on Blog Talk Radio, or you know something like that, and you're interested in a person to come in and do celebrity news and gossip for you. I've done it for other shows before. Hey, feel free to reach out to me. I would love to or do reviews, concert reviews for you, or anything like that. 
hey, I'm available. I like to come on other shows and talk. So if you'd like to do that, uh, hit me up. You can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, or you can hit me up on my Instagram at Carly's underscore Galaxy, okay? So if you're interested in having someone to come in your space, do celebrity news, celebrity gossip, uh, concert reviews, whatever, okay? I'm here. I'm here for y'all, okay? All right, so I wanted to announce that, okay, because I used to do that um, more so, but, I, uh, you know, I like to do that for more shows, okay? And some, sometimes I think, you know, if you need, sometimes people want to have celebrity news or concert reviews and stuff like that, and they don't know who to reach out to. You, you're welcome to reach out here. I do stuff beside I can do stuff beside my show, okay? All right, so next, my week. How for how my last couple of weeks, how have they been? <sighs> it's been great. Strange, okay? But great. School. I'm I'm you know, I'm working on directing my first play. <laughs> it's been it's been good but tough. You know, sometimes you realize, you know, this week I realized I, we had a just like one bad rehearsal, and I realized, you know, to myself, like, oh my God, you know, how important it is to make clarity. How, like, when you're the head of something, that your vision for it is very important to show. To what my lesson I learned this week for myself was that when you have a vision for something, it is so important that. Um, you make sure there's an understanding and there is clarity about how you express it. That's one of the things I think I'm learning. Has I'm I'm, try, I'm I'm starting to learn as a student, uh, and we're doing this teaching lab of directing a show. And I'm learning as a director how important leaders have to display. You know, because I felt like, whoa, my vision didn't come across in the way I wanted it to. So I have to you know, start over how I re-envision that and not be afraid to ask for help, you know what I'm saying, because sometimes you don't have all the answers. So I feel like there's a, it's a word for y'all. I didn't even mean to give y'all, but there's one. You know, there's one in that. It is as sometimes you, 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 you have to – it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and sometimes you don't have all the answers. And sometimes you have to make sure, as a leader, you have to take responsibility for your part and make sure that – you're expressing your vision in a way that people understand underneath you. And I felt like, you know, I had to take responsibility for that because I'm like, damn, maybe my vision isn't coming across clearly. And so I took the time when I was on a plane this week trying to read over again my play, which I've read a lot, and I was just like, you know, but I saw a new vision for it and everything. So, and I remember it's not how you start, it's how you finish, okay? So I'm excited about that. Uh, also, you know, I didn't tell y'all, I had a, re- okay, remember the class, I've been telling y'all about my physical theater class, okay, scary shit for me, okay, <laughs> and so my teacher had said to me once that this, the next couple of weeks might be something I really love because it's planning and stuff like that, so I was like, yay, okay, so we have a thing where we, we kind of do, we take over class, like, a, for about 15, 20 minutes of class, and we come up with uh, exercises or games or something for uh, our particular class to play, right? And so, I, you know, I love that kind of shit, you know. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a really a little teacher at heart, you know. So 
I was like, uh, you know, I had this idea to do this uh, disco charades. I made up this thing about disco charades, Halloween edition, and where you put in, you know, I, I make a bag of things like, you know, uh, say, for instance, you're a vampire uh, and you're twerking, right? And so what I did is I made a, I got had a bag of songs, a bag of things like that, things that people have to display and show, uh, but they have to do a performance for it, and we have to guess what they're performing. So I brought in disco lights, <laughs> and we turned out the lights, and oh, my God, let me tell you in class, it was one of the, like, the funnest. The teacher loved it so much that we played it the whole the whole time. It was so fun and so exciting, and it really opened up such creative juices for me. So I was like really excited, and, all, and everybody was so you know proud. I was like afterwards, like, oh, Keisha, you're like a little teacher. Oh my God, this was great, and people loved it. So I, I feel like I'm breaking through in that class. Okay, so that's my week. That's that's my how my last couple of weeks have gone. I feel like I'm having breakthroughs. Like you know, it's a lot of growth. But breakthroughs, okay? So I, I love to share that with y'all. And then also, I took my graduation pictures, like, about was like a week and a half ago. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. It's I got all my, you know, how they start congratulating you for graduation. I'm getting all the emails, and I'm like, yes, I'm here. I'm almost here. <laughs> so every class counts. I can't fuck them up. <laughs> Right, so I am. I am so. It's not, you know, it's not just the idea of accomplishing a goal. Like, you know, my, you know, I feel like my grandparents always taught me, you know, don't start nothing you can't finish. And that school was something I needed to come back and finish. And I feel like this last year, it's not just about you know finishing school for me, but it is this last couple of years for me has been about the so much the growth that has happened, so much of learning in times where it's uncomfortable for me or times beyond your comfort zone, stuff like that. So I have been, so far I have enjoyed the journey, especially the journey of this semester. I I enjoyed last semester too, but I enjoyed the journey, I'm enjoying the journey of this semester because it's so uncomfortable, but yet it's so much growth in it. So I'm super proud right now of myself. And it's not just about graduating for me, even though I'm so excited to be doing that, but it's just the growth that has come to in it. So I hope y'all can get something from that. That's how it's a word. Shoot, I wasn't supposed to have no it's a word for y'all, but there it is, okay? I'm always technical difficulty, <laughs> but anyway, so that's one of the it's a words. Okay, so y'all want to know what my surprise was? I gotta save it. Okay, here's what I'll say, Maxwell. <laughs> y'all like, oh no, Lord, oh God help, Halada, oh no, not Maxwell. It's good, it's good. Okay, I went to Little Rock and I went to a Maxwell concert. Y'all like, tell us something new, Carlotta. <laughs> no, this time it wasn't for a review. No, I didn't go. No, I didn't try to review. I got to tell y'all what I did, okay? Well, I'm going to tell y'all later on in the show. 
<laughs> We're going to do regular news, and then I'll tell y'all, maybe like maybe two, two stories in, because I don't know if I can hold it much. So I don't know if I can hold it. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll take a break, and we'll come back with the news, okay? And then we'll get into what I did in Little Rock. And I got to go to the Clinton Library, which was so fun, so nice. I liked it. I enjoyed Little Rock was my adventure to myself for, a, like, was it like a day, a night, day and night, a day and a half? I enjoyed it. Man, I have to tell you all about it, okay? It's just not, you know, every time I go on a Maxwell adventure, something greater happens to me. So it's wild, okay? So we'll talk about that, all that, and a little bit more when I get back. Meanwhile, we're going to start off with some Howlin' Oats, a little old school. I can't go for that. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a minute, y'all, okay?
say that you're not gonna make it That's two times in a row for you Feel some curve and it's overdue Lately you're testing my patience Baby, I think you must be mistaken I could find me somebody new But they won't compare the truth Girl, you got me Gaki, sloppy You get underneath my skin And it drives me to no end Look it, I ain't worthy Cause you're not me, it's a copy But if you're searching for more I'll tell you what you already know Say, baby, if you're looking for love Guess I'll overlady, you're about to Running out in these streets. 
Running for what? What's Mike Pence going to run for? <laughs> Not president. <laughs> okay, you know, listen, the Republicans want to play these games. The Democrats want to play these games. But the truth of the matter is, if Trump ran today, facts. And Listen, the only thing that's keeping Trump from winning in a landslide is because the elites, and the, uh, and, the, and the powers that be are against Trump that runs media. You know, hey, it is what it is. I can say what it is. You know, Trump's not a likable character, but at the same time, he fucking beat the shit out of by Joe Biden, okay? Uh, but, you know, now, you know, the, the, the Republicans really don't want their party to be the party of Trump. And they try to throw out here DeSantis, yeah. They try to throw it now. They're trying Mike. The, the neocons is really trying to throw out Mike Pence. Really? <laughs> oh, the Republicans are becoming a confused party. Uh, let's talk about it. It says Trump. This is from HuffingtonPost.com. It says um, via MSN. MSN.com. It says Trump says 2024 GOP presidential primary run by Mike Pence would be very disloyal. You think so? Trump, it's nothing that you would have to worry about. But anyway, this is Donald Trump has complained that it would be very disloyal if former Vice President Mike Pence or any other member of his cabinet decided to run against him in the GOP primary for the 2024 race. Many of them have said they would never run. So we'll see whether or not that turns out to be true, the former president said Friday in a phone interview with Fox News radio host Brian Kilmeade. I think it's very disloyal if they did, Trump added. While a front runner among Republican voters is poss- in a possible matchup, uh, uh, Trump falsely uh, boasted. See, see how that? See how they? See how they do that? Now, this is not my article, but there is. See, there instead of just giving what happened in the interview, they're in- interjecting their their thoughts on it. You know, they say Trump. Falsely boasted to Kilmeade that polls have have me leading by 40 to 50 points against contenders. Trump said he'll decide whether to run for the presidency in the not too distant future. Now I would say that they probably don't have him run. They probably that they probably have that, but that would be a lie. He's probably way above that, really, because on the streets, if you're listening, I'm, I'm serious. Trump has been able to sliver off people who would normally not vote for him. And, you know, I think, here's what I think, and I've said this on here before, politicians to me are not, um, they don't have to be likable for me to vote for them. Um, Do I like Trump? I mean, you know, here's the thing. I like Trump better than most of the people, things that's out there. One of the reasons, one of the things I do like, I will say I do like about Trump and I can respect about him, I think that, He's not a likable character. I don't like race-baiting politics and stuff like that. However, you know, I I do want my people to be in a position to where they can get reparations. And if you tear this, if you, the United States is torn apart, it will be hard to get the reparations and the money we, <laughs> we're owed. So to me, it's important that the United States stays intact, intact and citizens remain first. And so the only one that seems to have that drive is Donald Trump. (sighs) 
Globalism, in some senses, while I know it's inevitable and it's already here, it does not it does not help black people's cause, black people in America's cause to reparations, in my opinion. Okay, so um, I mean, all right, black people's cause in America, uh, in the overall scheme of things. So to me, you got to play. Uh, Chess and not checkers. You got to see the board. You might put a light up candidate that you don't like in there. Here's my thing about that too. The Democrats have just gotten far too spoiled by the baby boomer, baby boomer crowd of Black America. Baby boomer Black America has been behind the Democrats no matter what the fuck they've done. And I think no, it's time out for that. And I think a lot more people are saying enough. That doesn't mean you have to go vote. Republican, but that does mean you need to choose something different, maybe down ballots or something like that. If you want to do look another party or whatever, but the, the bullshit from the Democrats is just not doing us any good. Has black people, black people still remain at the bottom economically on all fronts, black Americans. So it is. Uh, so yeah, I you know, Trump in some senses. Um, he keeps black people on their toes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it keeps the pressure on. When we have people in there that we consider friends, we don't keep the pressure on, and it tends to ruin us in the long run. Perfect example, Barack Obama, okay? Nothing done there, okay? So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I mean, I'm just really about that you don't have to like them. I don't think you should like any politician. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Not likable. Likeability should not be a reason you vote them in. Why you vote them in is partly, you can you can use it a little bit. Maybe if you're going to use it, maybe 10% of it. But for me, the whole idea is mostly uh, understanding that politicians will sell their soul for anything, even the nice ones you got to think of like that. They're, not every one of them does that, but you got to think of them all like that because they're controlled by voting and money and stuff like that. So as a pu- I think if the public became more aware of how politicians move, they, then they will be aware of how more aware of how to vote. You wouldn't be so concerned about somebody coming holding your baby and kissing your babies and and talking nice to you and stuff. You be concerned about if I put you in office, you need to do what I say, or you gonna get your ass voted out. You know what I'm saying? That's just facts. Just tell them, hey, you gonna get voted out if you don't do what I ask you to do. And I don't like parties. I've said that before. I hate parties. But um, I understand why they're there, but I don't like them. Uh, I think people people voted for just how they feel because you know parties just tell where you stop that in your to me your idol, your um, your ideology. So um, to me, it is important that the public start getting a grounding on who politicians are, and you have to think of them as um, that you control them and how you control them. It's by making sure they're there to do what you call them to do. And if they don't do it within a certain amount of time, understand no matter how likable you are, we will vote your ass out. That's why you got senators and people and and, and congressmen up in there for years, 40, 50 years, who haven't done shit. Some of their districts still look bad and still look the same. 
because people are voting them in for name recognition, likability. So the politics that you, the politics, how you, you get the politics you deserve. Because you live in a country where you can control the politics. The elites and people depend on your you being dumb and you being dumbed down and you liking politicians and you having stupid divisions and you can't. See, I as a, as a person, I don't look at one politician that gets up there. You know, I believe they all support white supremacy in some way. They can't help it. It's the dominant culture. So I don't I don't look at them. Any of them has um, friendly to black causes. But I know that black America holds a certain amount of power, and our deal is to put pressure so that they will do what they need to do. And when they don't, then you threaten them to get them out of there. Right, because you can you hold in certain places and certain cities, but when we don't use that powder power and we start voting on people out of name recognition, we just going in there and like, you know, well I got to like him instead of seeing the bigger picture. We ain't gotta like him. You just need to get in there and do what we say. Or if you don't, then you gonna see the door. Or less financing and things like that. So yeah, so I so. This, I mean, we were talking about Pence, but personally, I feel like this is a war within the Republican Party between neoconservatives and um, the original, like, not the original Tea Party, but the original uh, Tea Party years of the last 15, 20 years that have come through with with uh, candidates like Ron Paul uh, and uh, Donald Trump come out of that energy. So I, I feel like that's where we're at. And when I talk about neoconservatives, I'm talking about people like George W. Bush and uh, Dick Cheney and stuff like that. So, um, you know, they've had control of the party for the last several years, so I think it is a fight to try to oust him. Uh, but it says Penn's former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley have all indicated they might be considering a run for the GOP presidential nomination. Pence delivered several stealth digs at Trump earlier this week in a speech at Heritage Foundation event in Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C., and complaints about other unprincipled populism. Interesting. Unprincipled populism. <laughs> who does Mike, does Mike, Pence, Mike, Mike, who do you think you're going to get with that kind of talk? Mike Pence, you cannot be serious. I mean, Mike Pence can't be serious about running. Mike Pence cannot be serious about running. If Mike Pence wins an election, I would definitely say it was wrong. <laughs> but it says we cannot allow our movement to be led astray by the siren song of unprincipled populism that is unmoored from our oldest traditions and most cherished values, Prince says. When Pence was asked this week if he'd vote for Trump, if he runs, he responded, well, there might be somebody else I prefer more. Pence has not yet responded to Trump's disloyal comment. You know, Mike Pence is so hard because you sat there for four years and you defended Trump, and now you're sitting out here talking about unpopular populism and shit like that. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I always felt like Trump, my personal opinion, was forced to pick Mike Pence because of the neoconservative divide in that party between neoconservatives and uh, this is my theory and uh, the Tea Partiers of that time. And 
Yeah, it's interesting. I don't see how Mike Pence can run for anything, especially even in an era of people voting on name populations, because he's a boring candidate, and he's and he and he's now talking against the thing that he stood strongly behind for four years. <laughs> You're gonna look confused, Mike. Okay, so interesting. Okay, interesting there with that. And what else is in the news? Okay. Oh my God! It's just you know it's just coming. They were just saying that Gold Gems owner Rainer Schuyler, five other spirit dead in Costa Rica plane crash. Oh my goodness! Huh? The a gym, German um, fitness tycoon who owns Gold Gym is among those feared dead after a small plane crash off of Costa Rica on Friday. Business Rainer Schuyler, who owns Gold and others. Other chains was listed as one of the six people on board of a private jet that went down while traveling from Mexico to Lehman, local reports say. Um, uh, says Shaler's partner, Christy Zalinski, their children and a fitness trainer were also passengers on the flight, piloted by a Swiss national uh, um, report said. Costa Rica authority says Saturday located the aircraft in the wreckage in the ocean 17 miles from Lima Airport. Wow, you know, listen, very sad, prayers for their family and everything, but, you know, it just shows how precious life is and how it doesn't matter how much money you got, how much, you know. I always say uh, death is the great equalizer, okay? So uh, very sad, okay, sad news for them, uh, prayers for uh, that family. Uh, also uh, in the news, city where George Floyd was killed struggles to recruit cops. This is according to MSN.com. It's saying inside the Minneapolis Police Academy's sprawling campus on the city's north side, six people sat soberly and listened to a handful of officers and city officials make their pitch about joining an understaffed department that is synonymous with the murder of George Floyd. Officers uh, would... Uh, live in bustling, vibrant metro areas with a high-quality life, they said, working in a large department in which they could choose a wide variety of career paths with comprehensive benefits. But those who take the oath most understand it is a dangerous job and that they will be expected to protect the sanctuary of human life, even if it means reining in a fellow officer. And everything they do must be aimed at rebuilding trust in a city that uh, tatters by uh, the killing of Floyd and other black men. There are still people who value us, Sergeant Vanessa Anderson told the potential recruits. The community still values us. I really do think that. Crime rose in Minneapolis during the pandemic has in many American cities. Homicide offenses nearly doubled from 2019 to 2021. Aggravated assaults jumped by one-third and carjackings. Um, and the crime problem has been compiled by a mass exodus of officers who cited post-traumatic stress after Floyd was killed, gutting, uh, gutting the department roughly one-third of the personnel. Uh, some residents say the city can feel lawless at times. Uh, let me just say this, okay, I, I, and I'm going to be really honest about us. <laughs> well, and this is a lot of this is my theory, Um I, first of all, I, I don't think you can, I think people need police, police. I mean, you need the police. I don't believe in police state, but I do believe you need police departments and policing uh, to uphold the law. I also think 
officers, which I say on here all the time, should get paid more. But with that pay hike should be more responsibility and understanding that you can't, you can't and will go to jail if you murder somebody or hurt somebody recklessly outside of the law, even as a police officer. What I think the problem in America has been is that America has always had a race problem, and America has never confronted how that race problem interacts with the police department. Now, I know places like Fox News and stuff don't like to say that. They like to say, oh, everybody blaming cops, saying all cops are racist. No, it is a history in America of racism and police departments. So to me, sometimes when you see a mass exodus and stuff like that, it's because the chickens in some ways have come home to roost. There are now, you know, God ain't God ain't mocked out in these streets, okay? As I say always on here on this show that when you are uh, justice is a spiritual law, and when you're on the front line of justice, when you're a police department, you're part of spiritual law, right? So when something comes at you, when all these stories come at you, and unlike I, Fox, I don't think it's just race stories. And some some things I do. But America's always had a little bit of a problem. There are so many things that probably go unreported. But the cleaning out sometimes of these departments or the mass exodus may be good in some ways because it's getting rid of people who may have had a problem being corrected. And sometimes it's unfortunate, but because we've let certain things go in a society for so long, like un um how can we say, what's the word for it, Un, uh, unmanaged police departments where we let them get away and do everything. When we as a people allow things like that to happen and the police aren't uh, given standards and rules and stuff like that, then these type of things happen where crime happens and, and all kinds of stuff because spiritual laws happen. You, you, that's, you understand the justice. Remember, what represents justice? The scale. The balancing of scales, Libra, harm, harm, harmonious, balancing the scale. If you if you can't do that within um, within uh, a society, if you can't balance the scales of justice, you're going to have a hard ass time. And not only that, but I can. Here's another thing. I was telling, I said on this show too when Kamala Harris and. Biden, I don't think those things are accidents, came into office. I said, what was Biden, the writer of the original crime bill in the 80s, remember when crime was up, writer of the original crime bill, what was Kamala, Kamala Harris, a prosecutor? Both of them coming in at a time when the economics of America is going is going on a, traject, a downward trajectory right now. Some people are thinking we're in a recession or could be in a recession or heading towards one. And what happens when, when people are laid off or jobless, stuff like that, crime goes up, okay? So, uh, you know, there is a number of reasons, spiritual reasons and spiritual laws, these things are happening out in the street. Now, I do believe we can recruit police departments, but this time, this is a time to, I mean, recruit police, but this is time to clean it up at the root of the tutor, like clean it up from the root. And that means... Having people understand what policing is about, and I think they need to people they need to revisit the idea of of a new age of police officers. 
that they do serve the law and everything like that. But there's, I mean, there will be consequences for racist behavior. You can't continue, and I know like people on Fox like to say, oh, well, they're taking, you know. It's a, you know, even though I listen to some things on Fox, I'm, I'm somewhat can be conservative about some things, but some things I'm, I'll be like, what? Like on there they'll be saying, well, the reason, look, you mean we're running the police officers out claiming they're racist. Not all police officers are racist, but we've allowed a stream of racism from history and beyond to to sit comfortably in departments all across the United States. And now we're seeing the result of that sin or what it, what I, I, that great sin, okay? It's not just because police officers are going to run out of here because they're, they, they're suddenly the rules have been enforced, which should have been enforced in the first place. So now you're having a cleaning of the slate. That's what justice does. That's what spiritual law does. And it's never easy to go through. And it's unfortunate that we had to do that. But if we take the, if we in this moment have the people in this country mess up and start thinking, oh, we get, we just got to let police departments do whatever the hell they want to do and not have any adherence to the law themselves, we're going to pay a greater spiritual price. So to me, during this time of great uh, exodus, hopefully we can implement new things within the law so that we can ensure that, of course you can't get rid of all racism, but you can be ensured that you won't have people coming in trying to enact their racism through their jobs as being an officer. You, You don't want that, okay? There could be a new way we handle things, okay? That's just my personal opinion, okay? But this is very interesting that people, and and you're hearing this all across the United States, and I don't really think it's just a matter of because police are are upset about all the criminal, I mean, being accused of certain things. That is what happens when you're up front, when you're a leader, when you're in leadership, when you're in anything. You, you, You have a right. Your position has a right to get nitpicked or looked at. Being an officer does not exclude you from the law because you represent it. It's even more so. So I feel like good police officers understand that. They understand that, hey, we have to be adherent to the law even more so than a normal person. But when you're not, it is a spiritual it is a spiritual battle. So a lot of times you'll have people leaving because they don't want to be corrected. But police officers have you you have to be corrected too. You, you're, I mean I mean it's not a time where you just let people come in and do whatever the hell they want to, so you can have police on the street. You will have you will even you'll create more chaos because you'll keep create anarchists in in a police state. A strange police state, which maybe that maybe that's what they want to do. Hope not, but you know who knows, <laughs> right? So uh, yeah, very interesting. I, I mean, and this isn't a talk against cops. It's even it's more of a, a talk for cops because I'm for police officering, but I'm for it done the right way. And I understand that being an, an officer, you're a part of of justice, and that is a spiritual law. So the only way to protect you is in here to make sure that the, the, the spiritual law is followed, right, the balancing of the scale. 
so interesting, okay, y'all. Uh, also, uh, what's the uh, else is in these streets here? <laughs> Okay, what is this here? Uh, Biden claims three universities want to make him their president, but Jill said no. <sighs> okay, I got it. Uh, maybe he would have been a better school president than he I'm not going to read that article, but maybe he would have been a better uh, school president than um <laughs> President, okay, okay. I, this is this is not the article I'm looking for. I think it's this one. It says Biden appears to zone out when asked what White thinks about him running again in 2024. President Biden, this is according to NewYorkPost.com, says President Biden appeared to zone out after he was asked in a new interview whether his wife Jill Biden wanted him to run for re-election in 2024. Uh, I have not made. That format, uh, that formal decision, but it's my intention to run again, and we'll have to make that decision. Biden told MSNBC's Joan Capehart when Capehart uh, uh, when asked whether he plans on running again. Doctor Biden is for Doctor Biden is for Capehart asked as a follow up, but was met with a long awkward silence as Biden appeared to glance toward the floor in a sit down interview that aired Friday night. Mr. President, the interviewer eventually ejected. Uh, Dr. Brett, Biden thinks that my wife thinks that I uh, that we're doing something very important. Biden finally said, "Biden, 79, will be 86 years old at the end of his term if he if he was reelected in 2024. He has not officially uh, declared another White House run as Democrats worry about his electability and mental well-being at his age." Okay. Uh, Nearly two-thirds of Americans, including the majority of Democrats, have said they are at least somewhat concerned about President Biden's mental health, according to Issues and Insights poll published earlier this month. Concerns over Biden's mental health jumped 13 points among Democrats from August following Biden's shocking gaffe in which he tried to recognize an Indiana congresswoman forgetting she had died earlier this year. Okay, so, you know, hey, let me, let me just say this about uh, Biden. Uh, I'm not an ageism person. I don't. I don't like ageism because I feel like there are some sharp and progressive 86 year olds. Okay, uh, the problem is Joe Biden just doesn't look progressive. And I remember them trying to enact that 25th Amendment or trying to get some. I forget what it was. When 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 it if I'm forgive me if I say this if I'm saying this wrong out here. But y'all y'all correct me. I know y'all right. But I think it was a was it was it uh, Nancy Pelosi who she was trying to get that 25th thing in 25th Amendment or something in to help her to where you can relieve a president or something for mental uh, issues and stuff. Now I find that very suspicious. I think we all thought that was about Trump, but I really think now because you know I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. So my conspiracy theory is that uh, they were probably they probably knew Biden was coming and they're probably they were probably like, how do we stop this fool from running again? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I think Biden is a pansy for other things, okay? So that's just my conspiracy theory, even though I know conspiracy theories can cost you money nowadays, okay? Which which which, which brings me to Alex Jones, because I, I do want to talk about Alex Jones for a minute. And what I'm going to say is, you know, probably, I mean, let me look it up, the story about Alex Jones this week. And I'm going to say what I think about that, but, 
this is according to uprocks.com. Uh, it says, Alex Jones is begging the Connecticut judge to toss the nearly $1 billion verdict against him. Uh, it says, when Alex Jones learned he'd lost another massive Sandy Hook case while filming an episode of InfoWars, he seemed to go into uh, Fug State. Foogie State? I don't know what that is, Fug State. The conspiracy theorists first bumped and cheered as each charge was read and the money he owed kept piling up, eventually adding up to an astronomical sum. Uh, he even uh, seemed to mock families, um, the families who had sued him, charging, do these people actually think they're getting any of this money? But now he's starting to take it more seriously. As per AP News, Jones filed paperwork on Friday requesting that the Connecticut judge who ordered him to pay a jaw-dropping fee uh, toss Toss it all together. In the filing, Jones' lawyers argued that the judge's pretrial rules resulted in a substantial miscarriage of justice. They also argued that the sum was simply too much, writing that the amount of the compensatory damages award exceeds any rational relationship to the evidence offered at trial. The lawyer for 15 plaintiffs in the lawsuit, meanwhile, is playing a filed brief opposing Jones' request. Alas, Jones' legal worries are far from over. On top of the $50 million he was ordered to pay after a, Texas, after a Texas trial in August and a $965 million from one in Connecticut, a third trial also in Texas set to unfold later this year. The New England trial wasn't quite as chaotic as the one in Lone Star Tate, but it had its moments. Okay, let me just say this about Alex Jones. And, you know, here's the thing. I think what he said about Sandy Hook was completely crazy, okay? I, I remember listening to Alex during that time. And uh, his theory was, you know, that, that, that Sandy Hook didn't really happen. Some people are saying that he was, you know, that th- it was fake and that people were actors and all that stuff and everything. Oh, my God, horrible, dumb, okay? Um, however, <laughs> there are some things I start to believe becomes political because Alex Jones' show wasn't just about, even though Alex would have wild theories on there, there were some things he had on that weren't theories. And Alex could be one of those people who were, who are a, kind of a pain to the system. Even though he has wild conspiracy theories, he also would have some theories that were kind of like, hmm. Okay, so the thing is, I don't think conspiracy theories, should be you should be sued for. I feel sorry for the family and what has happened to them. No amount of money can repay that what's happened. And nobody can understand how that cruelty feels with somebody saying you especially when you've lost a child saying it's fake or the child is an actor or something like that. It's hideous. But I don't think that's liability. I think that's somebody's theory. Uh, I can see where it could be liability in some ways, but we have to be careful going down this road. Just this week, Kanye West, George Floyd's family is getting ready to do the same thing because Kanye West said that he believed George Floyd died of fentanyl, a fentanyl overdose, and said that man being on his neck, even though the camera was showing it. But we get down a slippery slope when we start dealing with people's conspiracy theories on big public trials, big public things that have happened in the public, it gets sticky. 
And it also becomes sticky with freedom of speech and people's right to free thought, no matter how fucking crazy it is. You know what I'm saying? So I, it's just very sticky, and a billion dollars is a lot. While I feel for the families, it's sad what has happened. I just see this being a slippery slope road and a way for people who don't politically agree with people to come after people. Because to me, there's probably something pushing these families. Now, that's my theory, okay? Now, maybe the families did it on their own. See, but see how slippery that you go. Somebody come sue me. Oh, you lying on me. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Is there somebody pushing me? It can get slippery because I have a thought, right? So that's my theory. I mean, so, it, and it can be, it can turn into political people, Alex Jones' political enemies, because not because they don't like the Sandy Hook, but are using the Sandy Hook and the dumb things he says around this Sandy Hook to come after his whole thing, because there's a lot of politics within Alex Jones and conspiracy theories and things they talk about on their other than Sandy Hook. I don't believe Alex Jones is being punished punished for Sandy Hook, actually, his thoughts on Sandy Hook. I believe there's other things going on there. And we, as a public, have to be very vigilant. Yes, feel sorry for the family. Sad. It was cruel what he said. But does that mean, is that a billion-dollar lawsuit? And how does that affect us as people and our free freedom of speech and how we think and thoughts and how we share thoughts, ideas, Theories, things like that. Was it dumb what Alex said? Yes. I thought it was dumb when I was hearing it. But should he be sued for a billion dollars? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I believe that. And I believe it gets very, we're, we're on a sticky, sticky, sticky slope when we do shit like that, when we allow shit. Because people are so, people are so in uproar of what he said. And, yes, you can feel sorry and sad for the families and everything, but emotions, you got to keep it out of there and you got to look at the law and how it may affect our thoughts and freedom to express them and express even the wildest of theories, okay? <laughs> even though you know they be, they're, they're dumb. I don't see it as being a liable, even though it was a lie, I'm not sure if I see it as being liability more of him just spreading a conspiracy, crazy conspiracy. And that gets scary because every day people talk crazy conspiracies among themselves, okay? So it, we, we, we're getting into a very slippery slope here when we see things like this and when we see uh, press coming in starting to even be used to push and promote certain things like this. I don't know. It's scary. The age of deception is really deep right now for me. I feel like we're in the most deceptive age ever because I think, you know, it's, there's a part in the Bible it says in the last days where God says, let the wheat. Let me look that up. Oh, my God, it's such a good, y'all know I like to preach. Okay, let's see. I'm going to have to look it up because it's, it's kind of, I'm kind of saying let the wheat. Okay, where is it? It says the parable of the tares has often been cited in support of various degrees of religious toleration. Once the wheat is identified with the orthodox believer and the tares are 
his heterics. The command, let both grow together into the harvest, comes, becomes a call for toleration. Uh, let me look at that. Okay, it says, King James Bible, let both grow together until the harvest. Like, And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Okay, so uh, let both, both grow together until the harvest, okay? So a lot of people in this parable, like I just read before, a lot of people think the parable is about letting uh, what's good and what's not so good grow together. Like God says, let them grow together until the harvest, and then I will pick them out. What's the good, what's the wheat, and what's the tares? And I feel like we are in a time where the wheat and the tares, the good and the ugly, are growing together, and you have to have discernment. Even for a thing that you should be sentimental, like the death of children and stuff like that, can be used with a tear behind it. Same thing with Alexander, tear, you know, tear. So it's just, I think we're we're in the age of letting the wheat grow with the tares. There are good ideas that stands amongst not so good ideas that look like good ideas. We are at a all-time high place of deception in the world, and it is so important to put on your third eye and be able to discern some real shit out of here. I'm serious, y'all, because this is, this is a... I mean, I wake up some days and I'm like, damn, what is going on? I mean, it's just the deception is so thick. And, like, you know, what's good is becoming bad and what's bad is becoming good. That's what that's what kind of era we living in. Like, we've forgotten all about standards of free speech. We forgot. And now we're moved more so by emotions than by discernment and wisdom. It's very scary. Yeah, I don't know. Scary time. Scary time we live in this age of Aquarius, you know? Interesting. Okay, y'all, so that was the news portion of the story. When I get back, we're going to get into my – we're going to get into some good stuff, okay? Okay, we're going to get into my – share with y'all about the Maxwell concert. And guess what I did? Remember I was telling y'all what I was about to tell y'all. I'm about to tell y'all. I'm about to tell y'all. Okay, let's start off. We got to start off with the Maxwell, okay? We're going to start off with a song that he never sings in concert, but we'll still play it, okay? <laughs> Maxwell's Let's Not Play the Game. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta, y'all, and I'll be back in a moment, okay?
Arkansas this weekend, and there was a reason I went. 
I get the meet and greet. None of my friends knew. Allie, one of my girlfriends knew. Okay, but nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. My grandparents knew. Nobody knew. I didn't tell anybody. But, you know, Chris, you know, I, well, I told my husband, knows, but people, nobody, a lot of people didn't know, you know. I was like, this is my birthday gift and my graduation gift to myself. I'm going to meet Maxwell. <laughs> wow. Let's just say it was fast. No, but it was good. It was, it was, I don't even remember. I can't remember a lot of what he said. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I was trying to take it all in because he was fine. Let me tell y'all. Oh, my God, he had the, I know I'm like, I got a weakness for the beard and the brain. He had the beard and the brain. But he was co- He was covered up like he was cold. Okay, there's a couple of things. Let me tell you. Let me explain. Okay, oh, God, gosh. Let me start. Let me start from the beginning. Okay. So. I go to Little Rock. Let me just start with my trip to Little Rock, okay? Getting to Little Rock early that morning. I, I couldn't check into the hotel because, you know, it was, they had a lot of people there. I don't know what was going on in Little Rock. Some sort, some sort of thing was happening, some sort of convention. I think it was an army. I don't know. But so I had to wait for about a couple of hours before I could check in my room. And so I, that was great for me because I planned to go to my room and, you know, just get, put myself up and go to uh, to the Clinton Library. And, um you know, instead I just left, left my stuff with the hotel people and I went straight to the Clinton Library because I've been wanting to see the Clinton Library. And I, I just got to talk about that for a minute. Oh, my God, I had so much fun. I love when I do things. Um, when I do, you know, I used to, when I was young, you couldn't get me to do things by myself. But, like, now I really love the piece of it. Oh, my God, the solo trip was so fun for me. Um I went to um, the Clinton Library Museum. I got to meet some great people while I was there. We, you know, we were talking about Clinton and and some of the staff I, I talked to, and it was so interesting. You know, I've never, I, I never voted for Bill Clinton. I know that's hard to believe. I'm a black person. I never voted for Bill Clinton. Really, I didn't. I voted a uh, more Green Party around it. <laughs> I was young, and I really hated. I mean, you know, I I I started really kind of not liking Democrat the Democrats early on and trying to go for something different. But um, there are times when I really do vote democratically, but uh, Democrat wise. But I didn't at that time. But Clinton politics is still interesting to me because it is a time in the '90s. Uh, Clinton came onto the scene and after a very interesting era in black America, which is a crack bomb, um, very interesting how he operated. And, you know, it was one of the interesting things I, I saw in the library. They talked about some of the gang uh, stuff that was happening during that time. And they talked about Jamaican gangs and stuff like that. And how it increased, no offense to Jamaicans, but how a lot of a lot of things increased during the drug wars, and it's it, it and and it was interesting to hear about that stuff about black community. Also, some of the laws that Clinton uh, and actually at the time that to me personally looked good on the surface, but in the long run, some would stand the test of time, but a lot of them like NASA would not. Also, Clinton's. Uh, 
time of great, you know, we're in the 90s, that late 90s, mid-90s, you can feel a time of great uh, economic prosperity. The island was, some people call the Allen Greenspan bubble years, okay, was, you know, was it a time of great economic prosperity? Has Clinton, you know, the Clinton Library put up, or was it a great uh, economic bubble and a great uh pushing of more credit into the system. <laughs> and we see the combination of what happens with that when George W. comes into office. So it, it, it's a really interesting time, the Clinton era. Um, so much to unpack there. And so I was, I loved going to, I feel that he, uh, his reign as president is a very interesting one. I feel like George George Bush, first senior, um, the somewhat introduction of global politics on a big scale. I mean, global politics has always been there, but where it becomes a, a, a even bigger, and then Bill Clinton is that extra push into the time of globalism. You know, globalism has been going on a number of years, but you see it even being more expanded. Um, man, just an interesting transition has George Bush comes, leaves office right away because, of, you know, the read my lips, no more taxes, and there were toxins and all this stuff. Neoconservatism uh, after the Reagan years coming full swing. And some would argue, could argue that Reagan was a neocon. I don't know. I don't know. I think he was a mix in between there. Yeah, he could for one could argue that, but the the emergence of George George Bush Senior and then Clinton and then George his son ascending, <laughs> you know, almost eight years later. It's an interesting time in American politics, and it's an interesting time in America, and it's a time of where I wonder if. America was putting a Band-Aid on its problems instead of really solving them. So the Clinton years fascinate me because it is a very interesting time in the history of the country, interesting time in the history of black America and how black America moves and proceeds after the Clinton years, especially with Clinton being considered one of the first big black, I mean, first black I mean, but, I mean, presidents favorable to, to black Americans. Um, it's just an interesting time. And the Clintons themselves are very interesting, you know. So uh, what was Bill? I forget what's, what's Bill's, what's Bill's astrological sign. We know Hillary the Scorpio. Bill, what is Bill? Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Oh, Bill's a Leo. <laughs> that Scorpio and that Leo. Woo! <laughs> okay, so yeah. Very interesting combination. Perfect combination for that time period, too. Interesting. Yeah, so I found that interesting. I love the visit to the library. I had a great time. I 
And afterwards, it was such a beautiful day in Arkansas. So I walked back from the library to my hotel, which wasn't that far, maybe about 10, 15 minutes walkway. It was a great, it was so beautiful outside. And then I stopped at this great little spot, Gus's, that, you know, one of the, the, the shuttle bus guys told me about. And it was some of the best chicken I had had in years. And I don't, you know, I don't usually eat fried chicken, but I ate some fried chicken that day. That chicken was good as hell, okay? I don't know, you know, I don't know if I was hungry, but it was great. And, you know, the, the uh, girl that was there, sir, she was so sweet, so kind. I had so much fun. I mean, just a day to myself where I had fun. Got back to my hotel, checked in a little earlier than expected. Um, I mean, it was it was really nice. I and and I got got rested for a little while. Then I got ready for the concert that night. Now here's a funny thing. Let me just say this. Okay, I did the meet and greet, but I never got my meet and greet email. <laughs> Thank God there was uh, Hannah, who is one of the young ladies who when she runs one of the fan pages, like she has a Maxwell fan page, and she. Uh, me and her, I, I become. She's one of the girls' many uh, fans of Maxwell. I become friends with because you know I think you, in that community you kind of meet other people and you become friends with them and stuff. You're Maxwell fans, and Hannah was like, you know, oh yeah, I can tell you the time and everything. So she really helped me so much, and um, so I so I met her at the concert at six. 30, I think you had to be there at 6.30 or something like that. I, I, was, I was probably up there a little early, maybe about 6 or something like that. And um, we, we went in, and here's the thing. <laughs> they had us go downstairs first, and then they messed up, and so they brought us back upstairs. Now, I got on heels, honey. Feet hurting me and this other girl. He's like, feet are hurting. I'm not playing. I'm trying to be cute here. Let's get this over. <laughs> so then we come back downstairs, and I think we had to wait, like, 30 to 45 minutes, maybe it was about an hour, 45 minutes? I don't know. It felt like an hour. 45 minutes for for whatever they were doing back there to get Maxwell ready. <laughs> so I'm like, during this time, I'm saying Tahada, because, you know, I never really wanted to do a meet and greet. Sometimes I was like, oh, I felt they were so awkward. So I was like, especially one where there's plastic involved, okay? So we're going to talk about that too. But so... <laughs> Y'all like plastic? Oh, God, I got to tell y'all. I got a bone to pick with Maxwell about the plastic, too. But uh, here's the thing. So finally, the doors open and people start going in. And so, But the whole time I'm going to Anna, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should just, you know, let this go. Maybe I should just go on upstairs and sit in the concert. Hannah's sister is beautiful. She's just a great hostess for her. This is her hometown. And so she's like, no, no, we're going to do this. You know, she's just sweet and just kind. And she's saying, oh, he's nice and blah, 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 blah. I don't want to ruin the fantasy because I have my fantasy of my, okay, sidebar. You know, there's this book when I was a little girl. I used to love Judy Bloom books as a little girl, right? And one of my favorite books ever by Judy Bloom is this book called If This Is Love, I'll Take Spaghetti. (laughs) I love is a book full of short stories and one of my favorite stories in there was about a young teenage girl who got to meet and date her favorite person her favorite singer or favorite I forget what it was was like favorite singer or actor or whatever but when she meets him he's an asshole 
And, and, and that was the title of that particular story. If this is love, I'll take care. So I was so afraid of Maxwell being the asshole. Like, oh, and he's a Gemini too. So I was like, oh, is he going to be an ass? Am I getting ready to meet an asshole? You know what I'm saying? You know, or, you know, because, you know, if I think you're an asshole, I don't care who up in there. You know, I, that'll make me come out of my, you know, my regalness in, <laughs> in a second. So I was like, oh, maybe I should meet because I don't want to ruin the fantasy. But Hannah really assured me that, no, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. I was going to do a runaway bride, you know, where you, with Julia Roberts run away, like, I'm going to run. <laughs> And not, but Bahana kept encouraging me to host that whole time. So shout out to her, okay? She's a gracious host, and she really, and she was so sweet. She uh, made sure I got back to my hotel there, and she took me back. She's just, just a dear. I really like her, okay? And I, I'm going to have her on the show because let me tell you why I'm going to have her on the podcast. Because not only, you know, I love people. I, I've met so many great people through Maxwell. Yeah, I know I have Marie on here who's an artist, and she still does artwork and stuff out of New York. And she, Marie was great when I was in New York, too. And um, I met her through Max, on the Maxwell site, too. She's really great, okay? And uh, and she was on, she, you know, she does artwork and stuff. She came on the show and talked about her artwork and stuff like that. Well, Hannah, what I really like about her, Hannah has this interesting story that I think can help a lot of women especially in today's uh, today's uh, culture that we live in. I mean, women throughout life, throughout our lifetime and beyond can be helped by this story, but I wish you, I'm going to have her come on and share a story with you guys about her story, and I think that it's going to help a lot of women. So I've asked her to come on, and so I may do this in a couple of weeks or a week or two, so I'll let you all know what it's about then, but she has a great story, a great backdrop of something that she's been through and been able to overcome. And so I love women with great stories, okay, uh, especially when they're able to overcome them. But she's so gracious to me. I love, I, I, I mean, I, I love uh, just the, the energy, how, how nice she was and everything. And um, so that's the story. So we get the doors opened up. I don't know what I am in line. I'm pretty like nice. I'm still thinking about running. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting to the door. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to be an asshole. <laughs> like, I'm thinking that in my head, you know. Um, so I'm getting closer and closer. So the woman who's doing the, the the I guess, who's bringing us in and everything, she says, girl, she tells us to me, it says, girl, he's fine. <laughs> I was like, really? So plug my concentration right now. I know he's fine. But I don't need to hear that because I'm about to run. You don't know I'm about to run here. I'm about to do runaway ride. I'm about to catch a FedEx truck out of here or something like that. You know, like runaway ride is the reference to runaway ride. But so Hannah goes in before me. She's just handed me. So she goes in. And I was like, oh my gosh, so I'm there. And I, I walk in. He is beautiful. Can I just say he's beautiful? <laughs> he looked like he was cold, but he was <laughs> He had on an outfit that looked like he was cold. And I was like, hey, it's cold? I was like, is it cold in here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and he had on shades, which shades to me, I don't like. I don't like seeing shades because it's like, what are you trying to hide? Why do you have on shades beating your fingers? I don't like you having on shades. <laughs> so I could 
I see him. I can see through shades. You know what I'm saying? Spiritually, I can see through shades. Shades don't, but shades don't stop shit for me. But so, like, you know, so, so I'm, but here's the thing. Like, he's like, oh, like, so when I finally get, get there, and he's like, oh my God, that's right. He's like, oh, we really meet. I mean, I was like, wow, because I, it was really great. I mean, I can't remember all of what he said because I was so, like, trying to in, like, his aura and everything. <laughs> and he had this plastic in between us, okay, for COVID. They had this plastic. <laughs> I'm laughing at him with the plastic because I'm going to take a sidebar for a minute to talk about Maxwell, take down the fucking plastic for real because let me tell you why you need to take down the fucking plastic. Okay? Because it's really, it really kind of pissed me off, but I had already, because I had already know the plastic was going to be there, and I decided to do the meet and greet in spite of the plastic. <laughs> but it was really a nice meeting. I don't, you know, I mean, he was really nice. He was really kind. It it was weird because, I, you know, did he recognize me? I mean, yeah. I think he did, and it was like, he's like, you finally meet. I'm like, finally, yeah. <laughs> it was cool, but he was really nice. Uh, I don't even know what he said. He said something like, you look nice as you feel. You look nice and beautiful. I, I can't remember what. I was like, the plastic was distracting me, too. We took a picture. Uh, he, he, he was really beautiful. I was thinking, I was thinking, he's really sweet. You could tell he's a charmer. I mean, like, you know, he's like got the Barack Obama vibe charms. You know, when Barack Obama used to talk to you, he'd make you feel like you're the only fucking person in the room. Yeah, Maxwell's got that thing, right? Dope, okay? He does have that. Uh, you can't tell he's a Gemini, though. I can see that. You know, look, there's various things you could look at him and see. But I, I, I was trying to take it, but I, I'm, I'm really serious. The moment, I don't even remember saying bye to him. Oh, this is crazy as fuck. Like, I, the meet and greet went so fast, right? But there was a conversation. I just don't remember. It was a smile. It was quick, but it was one. <laughs> Maxwell, if you remember, can you send me like a, uh, what is it? What is the, what is those things? What is it uh, when you, when you ask people to send you, what is it, a transcript of our conversation? I don't remember. <laughs> I just had to take it every day. Okay. So he's very nice. Uh, I liked it. I did not like the plastic. Why I did not like the plastic? Because Maxwell got his fucking ass to the stage, right? And so when he's on stage, first of all, I'm going to talk about the concert in a minute. But I got to say this. I got to talk about a little bit of the concert for the purposes of going off about this plastic. <laughs> They're meet and greet. I'm like, as I'm looking at him on stage, his ass was shaking hands with people. I said, oh, hell, I think to myself, oh, hell no. No, you're not shaking hands with folks, and you just had me behind some fucking plastic. Oh, hell no. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> How y'all going to have plastic and Maxwell on stage shaking folks' hands? Y'all can't be serious about COVID. Y'all are not going to use that COVID. Maxwell, don't be playing out here. If you, I understand you don't want to be hugging up on six and all that stuff. Okay, don't hug up on them. But damn that plastic. Damn that bastard. I felt cheated. <laughs> Especially though when I met other women who had been there like the five or six 
of these uh, meet and greets, and they had the plastic there, and they was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I'm like, damn, the plant, what's up? And then when he's out on stage, he's shaking hands. Watch yourself, because I watch everything. I was like, is he shaking hands? Brooklyn, Brooklyn, but you know, 
I forget I'm dealing with a Gemini. So there's like maybe 20 or 30 of them in one person's body. So I may have met the shy one. Okay. You know that, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe the shy one shows up for the meet and greet. <laughs> now some fans have told me there's various ones that show up at meet and greets. Okay. I don't know. I feel like this was a very informative, uh, interesting look at Maxwell. My, all I need is a good three to fill four four minutes to fill your ass out. Really, I really do. I don't need that long. I don't even need. I don't even need two. You know, your energy just precedes you. But even if you, even if you're there, just trying to be nice for a few minutes, I think. But I think he thinks wearing shades and stuff hides his ass. You know, not from a, a real. I, I don't think so. You know, I know that's probably what he thinks. But you know, he probably does it to guard himself. But yeah, I, I thought he's very sweet. I thought he is probably. Um, definitely a charmer, definitely in his magicianship. It's interesting to see him outside of the stage. Uh, I think he's still beautiful, though. That that doesn't go. I mean, he's fine. That's, that's, you know, when you see me and on stage singing and you be like, Oh, he be fine up there when he's singing, and you like he's fine, you know, because he's singing. But then when you see his ass off stage, you're like, eh, he ain't all that, you know, whatever. Uh, uh-uh. uh, that ain't the case with Maxwell, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 you know, if y'all want him to be ugly when he all stage, that shit. Even the girl who was doing the the like bringing the people in, she stops and says to me before I even get in the door, girl, he's fine, fine. So he's that's no joke. He's beautiful. Now that helps him a lot, I think. You know, like when you find like it helps he's like I'm gonna tell you he's like I used to date this dude when I was in high school. He was like gorgeous. He was fine. He was fine. Oh, he was sexy, he was fine. Like he knew he was cute. But he didn't know how much. Like, he didn't know how cute he thought he was. Like, he was feeling his power as he went along. <laughs> like, he was, he was fine, right? Like, you know, and so, like, when we were dating, he always acted like a guy who didn't know how fine he was. That's how he acted on the surface. But Inside, he knew he held some sort of power and magicianship. He just didn't know how much shit he held, right? That's Maxwell. Like, I know I'm fine, but I don't want to let y'all know I know I'm fine. (laughs) So that works for him. He doesn't have to do much. Because when when you walk into, when you see him, you're taken aback because he's beautiful and he's got an aura. The aura is, what's the aura? He is, I believe, he got that Lewis and Sagittarius shit. That shit meets you at the dope. That fire meets you at the fucking door. That fire ain't just for the stage either. That's the fire right there. Woo Baby, that sexual energy is just there. I thought it just might be the stage. No. He's sexy. So, uh, yeah, so I just, I think that helps a lot. I think that helps him so much. So, 
So my question will become how much of her personality is developed. I, you know, I think there has been a, I think that's, he, he, is, there's a lot of charm there. So, you know, you don't have to, when you put couple charm with fineness, you have a magician, and I think you have all kinds of illusion and all kinds of shit going on. <laughs> so that's my take of Maxwell, okay? My take of Maxwell is that he is the great illusionist, the great magician. Maybe probably the, one of the greatest magicians in uh, in R&B music. The great magician of R&B music. You know, like they call R. Kelly the Pee Piper. Maxwell is not the Pete Piper. He might be the great illusionist magicianship. There might be a lot of magicianship with Maxwell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that shit. I ain't going to tell y'all what all I saw, but I saw, I saw some shit. Interesting. Now for the concert, okay? So I did meet Maxwell. I finally met Maxwell. Oh, y'all all happy. My friends are so happy. My friends are like, oh, shit, does the world tour stop now? You gonna play for those meet and greet? I said, hell nah. I feel like Mike owe me another meet. First of all, let me just say this, okay? Maxwell, or anybody who know Maxwell, Maxwell's listening. Anybody know Maxwell? Maxwell, you owe me a meet and greet. A new, I want free a free one because first of all, I done came to New York for a concert that didn't happen. Secondly, two. I was I was supposed to get to go to two concerts in New York. <laughs> was it two? It was two. But the first time I didn't go to I haven't I was able to cancel my second okay. But but also I came to a meet and greet with some plastic and you were shaking hands with people on stage. So I feel like I'm owed a meet and greet, a real one without plastic. Okay, because you guys you ain't worried about no damn COVID up here shaking people saying, What girl almost pulled his ass off that stage? <laughs> he ain't worried about COVID, he's full of shit. Okay, so yeah, I don't know what the, the plastic is about. It's funny, it's funny as fuck. But yeah, it, I got to laugh out of it. But when he got out there and started shaking hands, I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. So the concert itself, Music Soul Child opened up. I've seen Music Soul Child a couple times before back in the day. Y'all want me to be honest. Let me just say this. Can I talk about Little Rock? Oh, my God, I haven't been to Little Rock since I was a, a, a girl. Shout, my cousin Diane, cause I want to shout out to my cousin Diane because my, I'm, I'm going to write her, too. I need to write her back. My cousin Diane wrote me and said, you know, you know, you, you got Kim folks down there in a Little Rock, all over Little Rock. And I know my dad's family's from Mariana, my grandparents, my mom's family's from Little Rock. And stuff like that. So I, I mean, from Wheatley, Brinkley, Little Rock area, stuff like that. So my grandparents were calling me, yeah, Arkansas, don't call your family and everything down there. But I really was born just for a day and just to meet Maxwell. Here goes my grandma. Let me tell you about my grandma on the phone. How, she goes, she go, how was Maxwell this morning? I was like, he was nice. Is he a little strange? He seems like he's a little strange. <laughs> I said, Granny, why you say that? I don't know. He just seems a little different. He was so cute on that abortion. He just seems that he's really gay. He's really anxious. I said, well, like you, my granny's an anxious person. Yeah, no, he just seems different. <laughs> so that was our conversation about the natural. 
Look at you enjoying it and all that stuff. So, yeah. So, me and her had a discussion. My mom, my mom's like, mm. my mother, I think my mother thinks Maxwell is like some sort of bewitching figure. <laughs> uh, my friends were all happy. Listen, they all was like, shit, we glad you got your ass a fine dick. This shit happened a month ago. You know how that stuff. So, they was really happy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the concert, though, I'm so music so child. Saw music so child a couple of years ago. Uh, really liked him when I saw him. I saw him one time open up for Eric Badu. I saw him another time at a show by no, he wasn't by himself. He was with some other people. He was good. Uh, last night, the little white crowd. Let me shout out to them because it, it it wasn't a, the concert was was not a sold out one, but it was a nice you know decent, decent crowd. Um, let me just say the Little Rock crowd was a very instrumental in helping. I, you know I love good old down home country folks. Child ain't that's why when I the concert was in Oakland. I knew. I was walking through, talking to people and everything, because I love, like, the feel of people who stuck up people and arrogant people or people who act more than they, they make me, they make me shut down. I don't, I tend to not be very comfortable around them, but, oh, my God, when Little Rock, that energy of Little Rock, just black folks, like, talking to you and laughing and just, you know, just, like, Real down home. I love the energy, and the crowd had that energy to me. So, you know, and plus I'm a little, you know, reserved. So I love when people help me come out of my reservedness when they're not. And everybody, I felt, I, I felt most of the people in Little Rock were very hospitable. I really love the energy. You know, people were. I know there's probably. I know there's a lot of people saying crime and stuff going on. That's everywhere. But the people itself, I felt it was such a hospitable energy. Even at the arena, even when we were, you know, going in and, and, and talking, you know, talking to you, it's just such, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, it reminds me of my hometown, Kansas City, a little bit. Um, so, yeah. And plus, I've been going to Little Rock, like I said, since I was a little girl. My cousin, like, my family called me up about, you know, hey, did you not see you have relatives and all that? So, yeah, I, my, my great-great-grandfather is from Wheatley. And we used to go visit his farm almost when I was a kid, almost every year. And so one of the trips, we used to take trips to Little Rock and stuff like that. So, yeah, so Arkansas I'm very familiar with. So, uh, yeah, as a child I was. So I haven't been there, you know, uh, since I was in, uh, uh, since I became an adult. So it was very fun to uh, visit. Maxwell, Maxwell always brings me interesting things. <laughs> Going to see Maxwell for me, it's always an adventure. So, yeah. So the concert, uh, going into the concert, uh, Mia Hama said to her, she said up front, I don't like first row. I can't do it anymore. I, I'm too picky to do that. That's where my anxiety is. I used to love first row when I was younger. 
And the first time I seen that show, I was in the first row. I just don't like first row seating anymore. I don't want to. I didn't even like where I sit this time because, I, you know, sometimes I want to be back a little bit, you know, or something like that. Not real far, but I just want to be like, I feel, <laughs> I just always feel, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, I, sometimes I don't like it as much. But um, I sit like in a third row this time. It was interesting. My number... I had an interesting seat number, 333. I was in row 333. I was like, three threes, what does that mean? You know, I think everything, I'm always a new Rollins person. I think everything means something. But uh, so it was really, it was, it was kind of centered. It was really nice seat. Uh, Hannah was like up a row, a couple of rows from me. So, but we got to, I was like, we talked back and forth before during the, uh, uh, when the concert had its break. But, when we got to music soul child. Let me just say this. I see him a couple of times and get over it. <laughs> but this time he looked like he just walked up off the street and decided I'm gonna come see for these people. I mean he has a jean outfit. I mean this I was like, well, so this is a concert. You ain't going to put on no sparklies or dress up and shit. What the fuck? You know, like he just walked up and said, shit, I'm just going to sing a couple of my hits. And the Arkansas crowd is what saved Music Soul Child. To me, Music Soul Child, I don't know what's going on vocally. He sounded good, but I've heard him sound better. Uh, the hits helped save him because, you know, especially saying love and all this stuff. But... <laughs> Mm. How oh, I don't want to be. Maybe because I was expect expectation. I shouldn't have been expecting much. I expected so much because I had seen him before, and he's been brilliant. Both times I've seen him. This time he was not so brilliant. I think he was saying he was having problems with his mic or something. But, you know, shit. And then the lighting to me wasn't right because, like, one side of the stage was dark when he tried to talk, come over to one side. One side was lit. I didn't like that shit. Sometimes opening acts get the bad, you know, part of the deal. But uh, I just – music has a lot of hits. So that really helped him. And people love Music Soul Child. You know, saying my song so beautiful. I love that song. Oh, I love So Beautiful. Love is like this woman's work for me. I mean, I love love. The song Love is such a beautiful song, but it's like this woman's work. You know, it's like a song that's been played so much that I'm just like, okay, I'd be fouling my nails. But, I mean, you know, um, yeah, I just think he could have dressed better for the occasion. <laughs> People have paid to come see you. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like his whole his whole presentation. You know, I just felt like he was like, really? what the fuck's up, y'all? Here I am. <laughs> like, you know, when I saw Anthony Hamilton and Joe, they look good every fucking night. Especially Anthony Hamilton. And Joe look good, too. But Anthony Hamilton and them hats and them boots, I said, he's small as hell. You know, whatever. I mean, you know, he had a look. I mean, I didn't Music just shagged, showed up. Like, I mean, you could have put some sparklies on the jeans shirt or something. <laughs> it was like, 
Laura Hill, when she did that album <laughs> with the MTV Unplugged, she just showed her ass up. I'm like, this is real, y'all. I'm like, no, nah, bitch. This is not real. What's real is we, this is MTV Unplugged. <laughs> this is a performance. I ain't paying you to come out here and be real. It seems like you singing at the local donut shop. Just the fuck up. <laughs> Act like I like you happy to see my ass. <laughs> okay. Music just came out there like, damn all y'all. I'm just here to sing a couple songs for y'all. Like he's at the donut shop. Like you singing at the local donut shop. Like he didn't give a fuck. Like he's on stage the back he's opening up a match. It's like fuck that. I'm just coming here, like I'm at the donut shop at Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm going to sing a couple songs for y'all or at the Starbucks or at the local club. <laughs> I think they just met at the club. I can't even call it the club. <laughs> the jean outfit was cute for walking around Little Rock. I think the background singers, is, I did like his background singers. I love their movements and everything. They, they were cute. But they would have been really cute if they would got to dress up. Like that. I feel like you don't respect the audience when you do shit like that, when your presentation ain't shit. Like, it's like you don't give a shit. Like, I don't give a shit. Y'all came to see me. I was like, damn, they get all their money? See, he just like that. Somebody didn't, give, didn't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> but and normally I have loved music so child, but this time not so much. And I think the audience saved him. The audience and his hits were his saving grace. Okay, and I let people see a lot of him early because I didn't have. To, I had this tall girl in front of me, her and her husband, at the other show. I always had some, but I saw I seen better. I'm a short, even if I stand and I'm in heels, I'm still short. So sometimes I can't see over me. So I see, felt like I seen better the show when I sat down during Maxwell set, and she was standing like a lot, so I could see better. I could see in between things or whatever. <laughs> would be a short <laughs> but it's just my feet was hurting I was like damn I ain't gonna keep saying this shit but if y'all know my feet be hurting because I be trying to be cute shit I gotta get better heels I don't know I don't know if it's such a thing you know but okay yeah so I've crossed this T about uh, um, um, I'm so child okay now on to Maxwell 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 presentation is every fucking thing Oh, and baby, you forget it. <laughs> Let me just say this about Maxwell. The black and the, with the sparklies. Oh, my God. I was like, yes, that's how you do that shit. Maxwell looked gorgeous, okay? The look was dope. I have not liked the look on Maxwell. I don't know. Listen, let me say this. I have not liked the look that Maxwell's been wearing with the fucking suit jackets with the glass at the bottom or whatever the fuck that then he's been <laughs> No, I have not liked it. I I make no secret. I have not liked the 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 the, the suit jacket with the glass at the bottom. Sucks. And whoever designed it, you can kiss my ass. You were wrong for making a man so beautiful look so shitty. No. I mean, he's beautiful. I mean, he still looks beautiful. He can sell your shit because he's a gorgeous man. 
but the truth of the matter was the glass. I mean, Maxwell, like when you see like Maxwell, these things that fit because Maxwell looks good for his age. Maxwell's fine, right? So you can't don't be giving a big shit. We got plenty of time to wear the old men suit. He don't. He ain't no. He ain't looking like no old man, right? Dress him. I, I, whoever picked the black and the with the sparkle, silvery sparkle. Inside, you know, on the outside, I'm I'm very demure, and I'm like, oh, yes, this is a great concert. You must hire me. <laughs> Yay! But inside, I was like, ah! <laughs> he looks great. He looked beautiful. Okay, that was a dope ass suit. Loved it. Loved it. Okay. I felt the band, everybody was much more lively. I don't know who the new girl is. That, is that drama new? I don't know. I'm not sure. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. It, it was, it was, it felt like a lively show. They, they added some stuff. Now, Heidi even looked a little lively. I mean, everybody looked live, lively. I mean, they looked lively. They, they were lively last time I saw, but it looked even more lively this time. I don't know if it's because Maxwell's gotten a little bit more lively. Like, he's really, like, he's really dancing and excited. <laughs> he, was, he was really into it. I mean, he was really, I mean, he was really having a great time. You tell the audience was, I think, serving him, and he really loved it. I think when you serve him, he serves it back. But uh, I, here's what I'm mad about Maxwell, okay? Okay, you know. <sighs> Well, I can't believe sometimes he sometimes I think, you know, I believe he's a cusper, like because, you know, he has a lot of Torian, stubborn ass energy, even though Gemini can be stubborn, but he feels like a Taurus stubborn sometimes. And it's like he he does not get out of his own way. Like he does a set that he is very comfortable with. And even though I love that he added he sang a little bit more of simply beautiful. That's like the Al Green song. But I wish you would just go ahead and sing the whole fucking song and not make it into fistful of tears. Because I don't really like fistful of tears. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. But I'd rather hear Simply Beautiful. Oh, my God. I'd rather, you see you, I'd rather hear you sing the whole Simply Beautiful. The whole damn song. And why I love the fortunate performance. Can I get another Prince song besides Do Me Baby? Do Me Baby. Do Me Baby. Is that the one y'all can afford to, to pay him for? I don't know. Let me just say this. Can we get another song? I'd rather you sing Cops Come Knocking to, to, instead of singing Do Me Baby again. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> he loves that song. Like, da, 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 da. Looking for him. I was like, no, I don't want to hear that no more. It was sexy the first time. It was kind of sexy the last time. Whew. I had to fan myself a little bit. I was like, ooh, maybe it's the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was the alphabet. I think it was the alphabet. It's the alphabet. He was like, he had his shirt kind of having a button. I was like, oh, oh. It's so nice. I had eye going on. He gave me he gave me eye candy more than music soul child. I was like, Woo, you made up all for music soul child. But I'm tired of Zoomy baby. You know what? I keep telling I keep saying this and I, I don't know why he does not listen. Kids and lows get lonely too. Oh my God. I can see Maxwell singing to go. Yes, 
especially in an outfit like that black outfit. And he did give a little bit of sexy. Like, I, this is my first show that I've gone to, and I heard more sexy. Like, he was saying, but he was kind of like, he wasn't like, it's not a, it was sexy, but it was like fast throw out sexy. You know, not the sensuality that I be seeing some of y'all like he's given before. But it was, it was okay. It was decent. It was decent. <laughs> but I would prefer, like, I mean, since Gigolos Get Lonely 2, I feel like that'd be so sexy, Maxwell since Gigolos Get Lonely 2, in his own way. Ooh, like him saying that, like that first line, I guess you heard of my reputation. Because he got the looks for it. Ooh, he was saying it all. Ooh, because you know the beginning of that song just start off so fucking sexy. Can't you? I mean, it's just, I mean, ooh, I can see him doing that. Mm-mm-mm. Lord, him mercy. I know the subject matter is about a gigolo, but shit, you can sell it. You should do that. A, do another. That's a print song, Maxwell. Throw in gigolo, get lonely too. Throw out Doomy Baby. I'm so fucking tired of Doomy Baby. Okay? And then who else am I tired of in the playlist? I know I've been here a lot, but what's the, what's the other part? Because he just loves to stay with the same playlist. Can we, can we throw Let's Not Play the Game somewhere in it? Another song that from your album. He loves pretty wings. He always holds on to pretty wings. I mean, there's a man in the audience dancing with a cape last other week with lights on it for pretty wings. <laughs> and one of his cities is funny as hell. I, 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 I laughed so hard at that video, man. If I had been in the show where a dude put on a cape with that lit up, like he had Christmas tree lights on his cape, my ass would have been on the floor. I couldn't recover. I would have to leave right after that because I'd be laughing so hard. The shit was funny on video. I know it would have probably been even funnier to me in person. That Maxwell, Maxwell had a person in the audience dance around the cake in the arena during pretty rings with a cake, a light cake, a light, a lighted blinking cake on. It looked like Christmas tree. It was funny too. Okay. But anyway, back to the subject. Yeah, he loves pretty wings. Uh, he had pretty wings. Bad Habits was in there. I love Bad Habits. You know, not bad for me. Not bad thing. Uh, I would love for him to sing the whole Simply Beautiful and throw out this full of tears. I also want him to throw out, I know they all fucking sing it, Maxwell. And then maybe that's why you added it in. Always there forever. I feel like that, oh, God. Always forever. I mean, I like the song. Okay, yeah. He's moaning. It's just so just fucking generic. But I, but I get it. You know, it's a sweet song to sing to the one you love. Okay, but come on. I mean, can we get? I mean, there is. Is there another heat wave song? What's the other good heat wave song? I don't know. Just figure something out. But can we? I mean, you can put cops come knocking technically in for always and forever. Okay. And then you go into off, which sounds similar to always a fair. It's got some sort of beat. I don't want to see them. But, you know, I'm in the zone. <laughs> I can't help. I laugh every time I hear it. I was laughing in the inside at the show. Okay. <laughs> and it's the point of the concert. I appreciate off. Now, I will say, keep off in the uh, repertoire of songs because this is the part of the concert when everybody sits down. (laughs) 
right now. No, I'm not meaning to be mean. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm in the zone. When it's a new song, everybody sits the fuck down on new zone. And, but it's all really new. Am I alone? <laughs> and he sings it so proudly. He sings that shit so proudly. I'm in the zone. <laughs> it's so cute. It's so proud. He sings it so proudly that I have grown to like off. Now, I won't go that far. I kind of like it. What's that part? Pull down the, what's it? Pull down the shade? What is it? Raise up the shade? Oh, God, I forget. Lift the shade? Pull down the blinds? What is it? Pull, pull down the shade? It's got to be shade because it rhymes with lemonade. <laughs> but sounds like sea laugh, okay? Shit. <sighs> so, yeah, that part of the concert is neither. I won't say get rid of all. It set the tall girl down. Okay, I was like, shit, yes. Uh, he loves attention. Attention's not going anywhere. Y'all love attention. Ooh, I mean, you know. Okay, yes, I like attention, but you know. Oh God, what? What's the Coco curious? What's the? I found a cure for this. Can we add that? What is going on here? Can we add some other shit? Lifetime is in here too. He goes so fast in those. I don't pay too much attention. Get to know you. But listen, I felt like this this concert had more energy. I don't like the playlist. I've always said I don't like the playlist. He needs to come to me making a playlist. You need help with your playlist. I I, I mean I, I like it better. Last night because they've added a few things in to make the playlist a little bit more exciting. I could hear a couple of things being added in there. A, a couple of little uh, beats to throw in there and little. Certain little things. I love the way he starts off his concert with the beginning of music. I'm going to tell you what I really would do, though. The beginning when he has all those bands playing from the whole soul thing, I don't know how much it'll cost you. You know, see, some people don't like to do shit because they don't want to pay the cows to pay the piper, you know what I'm saying, the overhead fee. But, you know, make your show dope. That's how, you know, my thing is when the dope, the more of a dope show you have, the more it spreads around and people want to see you. People come see Maxwell because they think he have a dope, you know, people think he has a dope show, but I think he could even do more if he probably paid more attention to detail. So here's the beginning of the show where he does, he plays like a number of R&B bands, or I mean, like, like you know, you'll hear him say, uh, uh, play, I think the Temptations and like the, uh, um, uh, the Supremes and stuff like that. You know what would be cool? Maxwell, you should get video, like old video footage. Dim the light and play old video footage of these, these. Yeah, maybe, you know, you can, I don't know. I know that messes up your mood. This is what I say. This is what I say. Okay, play the video. When everybody's coming out, play the videos of the old, old, old singers. Boom, it's the same, you know, Marvin, and, and you know, you need to play Marvin right before your ass. No, maybe you can do Marvin first. Play them all like videos of them. Get the visual. Get the people into it visually. Boom, boom, playing the videos in the background. Not all of them, like pieces of videos of these artists, these great R&B artists. Then dim the lights completely, show the moon, and then you, then let the band play. The Phoenix Rising, and you come out because there you are part of that R&B history too. 
it would be so great. It's so great to see it visually and to hear it in the audio, to see it in audio taken in. Darkness, videos playing, all these artists, boom, 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 boom. And then you just dim the light, the moon, you. I know you like to start off with something, something. <laughs> I probably start off with Coco uh, Cure. What is the damn song? Yeah, something like that. And then go into something, something. I want your playlist to change. But you were very excited the other night. I, I appreciate you gave a very great show. You looked handsome as hell. Beautiful man. But really nice, too. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I, um, you know, I look, I, you know, I'm not a person that, you know, when I go to concerts, I kind of, I like to observe a lot of stuff. So I'm observing audience movements and stuff like that. But I also, but some when I go to New Edition, and Janet, maybe. New Edition and Janet, I'm kind of screaming. Yeah. I don't observe a New Edition. You know, I'll go back to my childhood. Janet, I don't observe you. I go back. Most of all, I observe a lot. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, I really love this show. I love the energy that was behind it. I like the new, I can see little new things implemented. Maxwell's always kind of trying to tell people his microphone's on. We get it. Your microphone is on. <laughs> you wait for space. You said, my microphone's on. I know your microphone's on. I just, the one time it didn't look like it was on. I was just saying that one time in Texas. I thought, I don't know. I don't know. In my mistake. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, hey, he's just always letting you can sing. You sound real good. The voice, let me just say you to you. Your voice is sounding just a thousand times better. I thought it sounded so good the other night. I mean, not that you were having sound good before, but I mean, wow. I mean, I felt like it was, it was like so clear. Um, you know, for the people, throw in this woman's work or something. Shit. I mean, when is it, are we not saying that no more? It's like, he just threw that shit out. <laughs> what is the reason? He just threw a lot of his playlists out. My son just threw his. And, you know, the, here's the thing what I ended on this mess real. Okay, while the, there were great things about your show, this is what I will end it on. I will say that, you know, you have, I know you said you appreciate you. I really appreciate you. You guys waiting for the album and patiently. No, motherfucker. Let me just say this. Let's say yes, I had to call you a motherfucker. So, you know, it's the motherfucking things you're trying to sell off here. I don't appreciate waiting. What is it? We at, well, we at year number eight. Are we on year number eight for this night album? What number is it? Four. Is it yet? number seven yet? Four, six. No, 23 will be number seven. 23. Oh, so we might get it in 23. Is that what you're trying to do? Give us a full seven? Every seven years, a night song, a night album release. Okay, listen to me. Let me just say this, okay? It ain't cute. You going around here selling nights, and ain't no night albums out here. Where's the night? Where? This is the night tour. This is part two of the night tour. Can we at least get a second single? No, I'm t- no, 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 no. 
I know these fans out here. Listen, we love you. It's okay. We believe in you. You patient. We're waiting patiently for new music. Whatever you say, wait till. 2055 if you want a way to put it out. Now, fuck that, Maxwell. You are on the night tour, and you giving me, uh, uh, talking about his night number two. I ain't seen, I ain't seen not, I only seen one song that's allegedly tonight. I don't know if Shane was just a single. What was Shane supposed to be? The Shane, I think Shane was, was they, hey, he was thinking about it then, and he decided not to. But we're not playing this game with you. No night part three without night. Where is night, Maxwell? I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna quit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm an impatient fan. Where is night? Because you out here selling the night tour. If you weren't out here selling the night tour, I would be like, eh, okay, take your time. No, your ass is out here selling the night tour. Here is night. That's all. That's it. Okay, I gotta end it on end it on that note. Where is night, Maxwell? Where is night? running around here being all cute and smiling and being sexy and shit, think that's supposed to get us at the show. Now, that shit might work for me, but it ain't going to work too long. Where is night? Night. And stop shaking hands with people and then making me pay for meet and greet with plastic. (laughs) That's it. I'm good. Other than that, it was all good. I had a wonderful experience. <laughs> the Virgo moon in me hasn't picked some shit. The Virgo moon in me is like, no, 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 no. You know, my Scorpio and my, you know, Scorpio was impressed by the sex. My Scorpio was like, ooh. My Leo is like, this is all right. My 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 Virgo moon is like, no, nah, we got some shit we need to say. And my Libra is all trying to balance it all. My Libra and skills and stuff and shit I go through. And the Capricorn is trying to organize it and shit. But you get the picture. Gemini, quit trying to sell us bullshit out of these things. Gemini's is always, Gemini's is doing the most right now. They, they be trying to sell us some real shit out here. They, Gemini's are magicians. They be out here. See, see, it's the night tour, but it ain't no night. I, I'm going to thank y'all for being patient. Oh, like, he does it. It's so sweet. You know, I know y'all, you know, you out here, you waiting for it. I'm like, oh, look at this. I mean, just selling off because he's cute. And he thinks he can get away with it. No, 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 no. Can't get away with it with me. Where is night? Now, you just got to, I'm, I'm a fool. I've been out here buying night tickets like a damn fool, part one and part two with no night album. But I can admit I'm a damn fool. <laughs> but the question you ain't going to fool me sitting up here talking about, yeah, thank y'all for being so patient, waiting for night. I appreciate it. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Night. We need to see night. Okay. And what else? You know, I'll say this. I also like how Maxwell was so emotional. This is, even though I'm complaining and, you know, I'm joking. I'm not really joking, but I'm complaining. I'm kind of saying it in a joking way. But I do like how he was open emotionally about where he is and stuff, you know, on this show. Like, you know, as a person and how he's seeing the world. Maxwell, don't be discouraged. The world is a place full of 
good and bad, ugly and everything, you know, but like I always say, it's collateral beauty, you know, it's how good their presence is needed. That's why I say all that. All right, so that's my end of math review. So y'all know that I met Maxwell. Yay! 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 Okay. So when we come back, we gotta talk about Kanye West, child. Britney Spears up in these. Kanye, first of all, another Gemini been showing the hell out out in these streets. We gotta talk about him now. Didn't I tell y'all how long did I tell y'all that church is gonna last? You ain't seen that church. That church is is the church still happening? I told y'all, I told y'all these Gemini's out these streets. Okay, so we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna talk about Kanye and the kind of wildness he's he's had these last couple of weeks. We're gonna talk about Britney Spears and how I told y'all in time it was gonna be okay. That's all I got to say, okay. And then we'll talk. Uh, what else I need to talk to y'all about? Um, oh, Ray J. And Princess Love Child, honey. Right? Let me talk, just talk about the, uh, Lord, that's a, this is an interesting one about how she, she admits to having some threesomes. We got to talk about that. And uh, what is the, uh, it was another thing. Oh, my goodness. Um, what happened? Oh. Princess Love. Let's talk about Ray J and Princess Love and then. What is it? Oh my goodness, I don't know if I have it up. Okay, we'll figure it out. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go on break, and then I'll have a couple. I'll I have the other couple of stories up that I'm looking for. I forgot what the other stories were. Y'all know I'm doing a freestyle show tonight. So y'all know how I be out in these streets when I do a freestyle. It be kind of messy, okay? So meanwhile, you guys, we're going to go to break, and I will, uh, I'm going to let y'all hear, uh, oh, shoot, I don't know. Let's hear, uh, Gotta Get You Home, Eugene Wow. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment.
nothing about that. You know me at like a hardcore gym in here to know about if you take that night. <laughs> that one is from the, is it the Dream Street album? Yes, it is, baby. That used to be my song when I was a young girl. I used to, I used to love that damn song, okay? You got to be, that's how far back I go with Janet. That's my next week, please. I might cry, for real. I don't know. I, I would probably cry again. Sorry, I don't care about Gina. No offense, Maxwell, but Janet, I would cry. Like, Janet means so much to me. I don't know. Okay? So, I mean, I, I tell you how I feel about Janet. Janet is the only person I would cry. I see if you might cry. I might share this here. Maybe not in her face, but maybe afterwards I'd probably go out for a cry. Oh, she's just it. <laughs> I'd be so happy. She means so much to my childhood and beyond, okay? So, yeah, Janet Jackson, if it takes all night from the Dream Street album. I was one of the few people who had the Dream Street album, okay? All right, okay. So, just back up with a lot of chat with Stella. Oh, I like to joke. The Maxwell thing was really great, though, y'all. I had lots of fun. Y'all know I got to throw in some jokes, though, okay? It is what it is here on the CC show, okay? All right, so. Kanye West. <laughs> I like to watch, sit back, and just watch y'all go off about Kanye because Kanye is just the Kanye out here. Kanye gonna just controversy himself to to the billions he needs. <laughs> Kanye like Kanye don't give a shit. Now it's backfiring on him because he done start talking that shit. Okay. Now, I don't know if it's just so much the anti-Semitic shit except for some of the dimes he's been saying. See, what I think happens with people like Kanye West, this is my Carlotta one-on-one theory, is they try to act crazy, but they be doing you out some dimes too while they acting crazy so that they can be dismissed by certain powers. I don't know if he can get himself dismissed on this one, but, you know, I don't know. But Kanye has been out here doing the most of this. Okay, it is just, I don't know what's going on with the Gemini's is out here. They're doing a lot. <laughs> okay? It ain't even their season. It's almost Scorpio season. When our season starts tomorrow? Oh, it is tomorrow. Oh, my God. It's our time. <sighs> Y'all know it's Scorpio season. Oh, I'm about to share the tears. What a beautiful time of the year. For beautiful people like myself. <laughs> the Scorpios, we all come. You know what? When you're a Scorpio, you're so freaking proud to be a Scorpio. I am. I love being a Scorpio. I even love being a little Scorpio. I know people say Lilith is the most, you know, being a little Scorpio is kind of cool, crazy. But I love it. I love my Scorpio energy. Because, you know, Scorpio, to be a Scorpio, it takes so much shit. Y'all don't understand. Even though I got a lot of Libra in my chart and shit. But it's, being a Scorpio is the is the it's the deep waters. It's it's the deep shit to be a Scorpio, and I appreciate the journey of a Scorpio so much. Yeah, Scorpio seasoning upon us. <laughs> All right, but anyway, the Gemini's is out here though acting out in Scorpio season. Kanye West. 
refuses to be canceled despite Vogue and Balenciaga being the latest among these fashion companies to sever ties. Okay, this is according to MSN.com. It says Balenciaga's parent company, Caring, what is it, Caring issued a statement confirming the end of its professional relationship with Kanye West. In September, Yee's lawyer sent a letter to Gap terminate his 10-year deal with the retail giant. Four-store giant Adidas says their partnership with Yee is under review following his controversial uh, comments online, okay? Uh, Balenciaga and Vogue are the latest fashion companies to sever ties with uh, rapper and fashion designer Kanye West, also known as Yee, after a string of controversial comments made by the artist online during public appearances. On Thursday, Balenciaga's parent company said in a statement that it is it no longer had a relationship with Yee. Although Yee opened the fashion house's Paris Fashion Week runway show earlier this month, Balenciaga began distancing itself from the artist after several anti-Semitic and other offensive remarks he made recently in his latest uh, in his latest during an appearance on the podcast Drink Champ. Yee asserted George Floyd died of fentanyl poisoning instead of excessive force by Minneapolis police in 2020. On Friday, Fashion Magazine uh, Vogue followed suit after a spokesperson told Page Six that the publication and its editor-in-chief, Anna Winter, have no plans to continue working with you. He operates his own clothing label, Yeezy and uh, Bloomberg. Yeezy, oh, what is it? Yeezy told Bloomberg in a September phone interview that he was prepared to go it alone and end his partnership with Gap and Adidas. No one should be held in a position where people can steal from them and say, we're just paying you to shut up, West said Bloomberg. Uh, now it's time for you to make the new industry. No more companies standing between me and the audience. You stopped to talk to paparazzi Friday night about the recent controversies. I ain't losing no money, you told TMZ, shrugging about the recent controversies. Um, I mean, I ain't losing no money, you told TMZ, shrugging. The day I was taking off the Lincoln site was the one was one, that was one of the most freeing days. We here, baby. We ain't going nowhere. He added. <sighs> Kanye. I mean, Kanye is a, a just a dichotomy of things. I mean, there's so much going on there. There's this need to be a part of the white fashion houses to be like the white fashion houses. You know, Kanye is this. What I will say. The Bible says, do not desire to be like your oppressors. Meaning, there aren't some things that, there aren't lessons that you can't learn from your oppressors, but don't desire to do things like them. And Kanye has desired that energy, that area of people for such a long time that he says dumb shit to put it, you know. And I know Kanye ain't dumb. Kanye is crazy like a fucking fox. I don't take anything Kanye says seriously because I know that Kanye is up to some shit. Especially this week when he said, he talked to me when he asked Pierce Morgan, he said, you know, how much money you got, Pierce? You can't tell me that. You know, this is the, we're creating a generation that says that 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 says if you ain't got no money like me, how you gonna speak to me, nigga? Nigga, I ain't nobody trying to advise you financially, but that doesn't mean somebody can't speak wisdom in your life. Wisdom is priceless. Fools can make money. 
I always say hoes make money. Well, anybody can make money. It don't take wisdom to make money. Wisdom can sometimes result in making money. But wisdom, the, 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 the making money is not always the result of wisdom. You can do a lot of shit to get money. A lot of shit that requires selling your soul. A lot of shit that requires selling your mind and stuff like that. And while I know Kanye and some of the stuff he's speaking is certain truth to certain things, I also, listen, it's never a good place to talk about any group of people. Like anti Semitic. That's never the death kind of stuff and all that. That wasn't cool. However, I will say this to our Jewish brothers and sisters out in Hollywood who constantly have been throughout their history to confront your own history of racist, racial problems. Because you allow so much bad shit into the black communities and you stay in behind shit, a lot of shit that's been racist and stereotypical out of Hollywood. And nobody can confront you on that shit. But, yeah, you play the white card. But you'll run behind anti-Semitism, too, when somebody confronts you on your shit. Nobody is, you as oppressed people, you should know better. But you see, being oppressed, you can hide. Black people can't hide. Black people ain't got no whiteness to hide behind. And you can throw out some anti-Semitic crap over here. That wouldn't be true. I worship a Jewish savior, so that's crazy as fuck. But, however... I think that you have, just like you confront that you people really quick to ban somebody about uh, uh, anti-Semitic stuff, It's kind of, sometimes they be playing that hand, but nobody, we don't want to talk about the racism that comes out of Hollywood there where there is a lot of Jewish executives. Now, the people even try to run and hide and say, oh, then there's a lot of the Jewish executives that are anti-Semitic. I'm like, what the fuck? How's that anti-Semitic saying you? This is a bunch of Jewish executives when there is. That's a good, what's bad about that? <laughs> but you have to confront your own racism. If you're able to play the white supremacist card, and then running high beside and behind anti-Semitic, anti being anti people being anti-Semitic, that's kind of crazy. So you have to be able to confront your own racism too, and be just as much in. in I, I'm for people having free speech. My thing is that people don't learn about each other. Even when he says something bad, as long as you ain't saying kill people and do this and this and that, something that results in violence. And I know people like to say, well, you can talk up certain things. No, as long as you're not saying something that directly results in violence, then that gives you a chance to educate people by knowing how people think and where people are. But you can't educate what people are going to hide because they're scared to say their true feelings. But if you know their true feelings, then you can begin to hopefully re-educate or you know where a motherfucker stands, right? I'm believing, I believe in knowing where the motherfuckers stand. I I like freedom. I I like when people say what they are. They are racist. You, you, you. Thank you. I can see you. But all we doing in this society with political correctness and stuff is we, we are creating a society where people will hide their hands. You got a lot of motherfuckers who hate you and hide their hands. I like to see a motherfucker clearly. Facts. The worst thing is when you can't see it coming. 
And we just creating a society where people hide their hands. Not correct their behavior, but they hide their hand. And the reason they hide their hand is because they're not able to make mistakes. We, we're becoming a, a, a place, a, a, I mean, you know, where we're not, people are not allowed, humans are not allowed to make mistakes and that we can see them and correct them. But now people are so scared of getting canceled and everything like that. If they do have an anti-Semitic problem or they got an anti-blackness problem or white supremacist problem, people know how to hide their hand enough to where and, and that's not solving the problems that racism brings about in society. Like I said, it's a very scary time we're living in. Very interesting. Very sketchy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a very sketchy time because on one hand, you have to balance the scales of freedom of speech. And how do we know when what what speech should take away and what should what, what we shouldn't? It's a very delicate balance, and I feel right now we're at extreme levels of extremism, and how we think and confront those things. And Kanye, who's a propagandist, well, it's not a propagandist, but a provocateur, and, you know, we got somebody we, we don't know and have to take their meds. And I ain't trying to be funny. No, because he's been diagnosed with something. So we don't know where he's at mentally and everything. It's just so interesting, okay? Uh, Kanye, I you know, I and, and I take it, I, I, you know, these fashion houses and stuff separating from him, you know, I don't really take that too much. I, I take that with great salt. Uh, it's interesting. He was calling people on the drink champs to feds and stuff like that. I was like, ooh, you know, you gotta wonder <laughs> if he dropped a tea in that way. Because I'm sure powers that be wouldn't like that if they're exposing agents within the realms of music, hip hop that are considered icons and people being apes. I'm not saying that's what, if he's, he's really being truthful, but I'm just saying, hey, you know, people have accused other people of other things too. So it's interesting. It's an interesting space we're living in right now. Okay? It's very interesting. Britney Spears. Oh, wow. Uh, where's that? Britney this week. You know, listen, I told y'all to say, you know, I, I say, I always say in life that time will be. And I told y'all from the beginning, I ain't going to go over it no more. I told y'all from the beginning where I thought it was the biggest fear situation, okay? But let me read this article from Uproxx. Dot com. It says, Britney Spears shared a new thirst trap with the vague announcement about a movie premiere. Next month, it will be a year since Britney Spears' conservatorship was officially terminated. A lot has happened since then. She released a song with Elton John called Holy Culture, and she showed off a new haircut, and she opened up about her trauma. Today, though, she shared what appears to be news on Twitter with a naked picture of herself. Only not, only not explicit because of her hands doing the work of censoring, she wrote, I have a premiere for the movie this week. I have a premiere for a movie this week. The legislative act of my pussy. 
This is exciting, though there is no real information about this movie at all. Hopefully, this will be terrifying soon. Either way, the photo definitely caught many people's attention. To celebrate the fact that it's almost been a year since the end of her conservative she took to social media to celebrate. Hi. So it's been a really long time since I've spoken to you guys, she said in the video. It seems just eight months since my conservatorship of 15 years has been over. And I'm in Mexico right now, and it's really hot. Enjoy to you all. Right here. I'm just going to read the article. And I just read the little piece of the article. And all I got to say to y'all people, he was like, free Britney Spears and all that stuff. Daddy, I, I want to say to Britney Spears' father. Daddy, time will be. Now, I don't know that I ain't saying they ain't, they ain't like Britney Spears said. They might not be fit, but certain things wasn't going on. But I'm for grown folks taking care of grown folks, taking care of themselves. And Daddy letting her take care. I see you, Daddy. You letting her take care of herself, honey. So you know what's up. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna even say no more. Time will we get it. Just, it, it, I say to people, be careful of campaigns. That's all. In the, in the news we need to talk about. There was something else I was saying I wanted to talk about. Um, Let um, oh, I forget the other thing that we need to talk about. We got Kanye, we got Britney. Um... Ray J and Prince's Love. Now, I really, one of the reasons I picked this story because I thought it was very interesting. They say Ray J fires back after Prince's Love reveals she participated in three cents to make him happy in their toxic relationship. Okay. Um, this is according to Bossup.com. It says Ray J isn't happy. Uh, uh, Ray J isn't happy uh, with. Uh, isn't having his blogs implying Princess Love only had three things uh, to make him happy, even though that's a direct quote from Princess herself. Uh, it says here um, on the new episode of Love and Hip Hop Miami, Love revealed that she's had three things in the past for the sake of her estranged husband and his happiness. In a clip from the series, Princess can be seen arguing with Ray J about the divorce. Also mentioning the pressure of trying to keep up with seemingly uh, with his seemingly, seemingly insatiable appetite for new sexual adventures, with or without her. In response to her concern, Ray J fires back at the cheating allegations, insisting she was always right there with him every time he engaged in a sexual act with another woman. Uh, let's listen to Ray J and Princess Love. And we'll get to we'll talk about the rest of I think it'll be interesting. You don't? No. You've already been doing it. No, you've already been doing it. I've never done anything. Anything that I've ever done, you've done it with me. Just know. Anything I've ever done, you've done it with me. Just know. Anything I've ever done, anytime I ever was. 
who was with me. The headset was right in the room. Some of the times. There have been times where it's like I loved Ray so much and tried to, like, do the whole, like, threesome thing because you don't have to go outside of the relationship. Like, I can be fun, too. But nothing is ever enough for Ray, and I can't keep sacrificing myself and my sanity trying to be something that I'm not to make him happy. You're a lunatic. <laughs> That's why the door was closed. Uh-huh. I thought we might have hugged each other and kissed each other and ran off into the sand. But it didn't happen. It's... All right. About it. Listen. They got the longest-ass divorce I've ever seen. Jeez, these motherfuckers. I don't know if they are. Are they divorcing for love and hip-hop? Are they on love and hip-hop? Okay. That's why it's so long. Let me just say this. Um, first of all, Ray J's a rock. Is he, I can't really say he's a rock star, but he got the rock star energy, right? Um, you know, there are some men who got, like, who transform women. In a certain manner, especially men who have been out there, like rocks. I mean, like when you're talking about celebrity and stuff like that, and who've had a lot of experiences and uh, sexual experiences, because Kitty Cat is everywhere, and it's like it's Kitty it's Kitty Kitty's everywhere. Kitty Kitty's everywhere for them. So women may feel obligated to do shit that is against the core of you. But I am with Ray J on this. You can't blame Ray J for going against your moral principles and who you were. Talking about shit. Yes, I understand you loved him that much, but you got to take full ass fucking responsibility for the shit you do in life. No, 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 that's real shit. It's <laughs> good preaching. I'm about to preach it. Okay? Ray J is not responsible for Prince's love having a, 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 a threesome. Now, I want to say if that's what you felt like you needed to do to keep him, I want to show I'm fun too. I could be adventurous. Okay. I think you might have liked the kitty cat to see your damn self, but now you're blaming Ray J. But here's the thing. If that's what you feel you got to do to keep somebody and you don't really like that or you don't really want to explore, then you put yourself as such a disadvantage in relationships. If somebody doesn't want you because you have a value that you you deem as very important, I'm not saying having threesomes is bad. I'm, I'm, that's it. for whoever do it. That's your business. I think it's. I think you're asking for some shit now. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying. You know, I understand people's triumph. I get it. I get. It. I'm not. I'm not approved. Okay. But what I will say is that you can't be surprised at the shit you got. I want I want to love after lock up now. It's a couple on there and a girl, a woman, she invited her Brittany. It was Brittany, I think the girl's name. She invited her 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 girlfriend, her girlfriend from prison, into uh, a threesome with her and her husband. Now her husband started acting a fucking fool shortly after the threesome. Why? It was interesting. On the show, he says Marcelino. Yeah, on the show, on Love After Lockup, he says, well, he realized to him that 
his wife was he felt his wife was more into women than him. Which she did have a girlfriend in prison. She did have this and that. So that opened his eyes to like some real shit. So to me, when you decide to take on the energy of threesomes and shit, understand the responsibility of the weight of what that can introduce into your relationship. You need to be real real about that shit before you engage in some shit like that. You need to be real. I'm not saying don't engage. I'm just saying be real about the weight it may carry. For Marcelino and Brittany, it has broken their marriage down. I think they're trying to rebuild it back up. But, I mean, in his head, it was interesting that he basically was saying he think his wife is kind of really liking women. She just really likes And I think she does, too. I think that there's a safety in for her in uh, marriage and stuff like that. I mean, um, but for Princess Love and Ray J., I'm sure it's that lifestyle. It's a rocker lifestyle. It's sexy to be with a dude who's so adventurous and who has, you know, a lot of other women wanting them and all that stuff like that. And so there may you may there may be sexy ideas introduced into the relationship. You know, so many times today it's so funny because there's a lot of people, regular people, try to play out celebrity shit, and I'm like, celebrities be on some other shit. You can't be on the shit in your little old life working at uh, certain places trying to be on <laughs> I know a lot of people, regular people do, but sometimes it can be a little bit more uh, crazier than, you know, that celebrity energy and vibe. But even for a woman who is married to a celebrity like Princess Love with Ray J, uh, when, you sell, when you do something that like that that is beyond something that you wanted to do or something like that, that's your fault. That's your responsibility. You participated, and I don't think you can hold somebody against it. Yes, his appetite might be insatiable, but he may have thought you was okay with it being insatiable because you didn't confront the situation. You just participated in it with him and thinking that was going to correct the situation. But you probably really should have had real conversations with him and seeing, seeing if that if if that is really – what would bring healing. Otherwise, I just think you have to take responsibility for some shit you did. I mean, can't blame Ray J for that. Very interesting. So I was laughing. I was like, yeah, he's like, like, he was with me every time. So basically he made her a partner in crime in his dirt. And now she's mad. Child, ain't nothing to get mad about down these streets. You just got to see Say, hey, I made the mistake and move on. Okay? It is what it is. So, very interesting there. I thought that was interesting because um, she really, uh, I mean, she, I think there's so many women out there this represents, I mean, women who are with that type of man. And they may participate in things just so they can keep them. But listen, you got to keep that shit up. <laughs> and if you don't really like it, it's best to let somebody know you ain't up for the shit. Crazy, man. Um, well. Okay, this is according to Rhonda Smith this week. Judge threatens to jail Gunner's family. 
says this week what week rapper Gunner, who was arrested on RICO charges back in July, was denied bond for the third time over witness tampering concerns. Uh, during the hearing, Gunner's family was threatened with their arrest for their courtroom outburst. Okay. I don't know if that I have that up. Um Okay, I'm not surprised they're not gonna let him out. This is such a high profile case with Gunner going on. Um I'ma just tell you, you rappers and stuff. If y'all associated with criminality, know they trying to come. Y'all better get y'all shit together. Maybe it's best to just pretend and rap about it and not really be about it. Because, <laughs> yeah, they come with these RICO charges. Y'all better quit playing. Okay? It, 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 it was, it's not pretty. They are really coming for these rappers hardcore, okay? Um, what else is? Oh, Wendy Williams. And this is, I think it's, let me see where am I at with stories. Is this the last? Is this going to be the last one? Oh, yeah, I'm down to the last one. This is the last story. Wendy. Um, Okay, here it is. According to Ron's Stitch, it's Wendy Williams checks out of rehab. Last month, former daytime talk show host Wendy Williams checked into rehab after a series of concerning public incidents. Now Wendy has checked out of the facility. From page six, Wendy Williams has left rehab after nearly two months of treatment. The former talk show host reps tell page six that, the, that Williams is back at home and healing. We are happy to report that Wendy Williams is at home and healing after being in a wellness facility since August, Sean Zanotti says in a statement, Wendy is excited about the road ahead and looking forward to releasing her many projects. Via Zanotti, Williams added, thank you to my fans for your love, support, and many prayers. I am back and better than ever. Well, I certainly hope so for Wendy. Wendy has gone through a tremendous lot, a tremendous, a lot of things. And, you know, it's such a hard time mentally for people right now. You know, and she's just had it rough since that, since her relationship in. So y'all pray for her mind because, child, and addiction is hard to break. It's a hard – addiction ain't nothing – it's not easy. It's not It's not nothing easy to, to to struggle with. So, you know, I mean, it's not It's not an easy thing to get over. So prayers to Wendy and I'm hoping that Wendy gets better because, it's, you know, it's so sad to see – you don't want to see Wendy go out like this. You just don't. That's my opinion. You just don't want to see you go down for Whitney, Wendy Williams like that. I mean, Wendy is, you know, Wendy's one of the icons of talk show host game. And plus what's out there right now in talk show host lane, I hate to talk about y'all talk show hosts. It's a lot going on. It's a lot going on with y'all talk show people. Mm-mm-mm. I don't really like too many of y'all. You know who I am starting to like, though? Drew Barrymore. I, I know. I know. You know why I like Drew? Because she's so quirky. She's so quirky. At first, I didn't like her, but now she's growing on me. She's so quirky, and she has her own lane. And she's not trying to be Oprahish, but she has her own little style and vibe. Even though she's from elitist Hollywood, she still is. She's she's maintaining her own energy and stuff, and I like that about her. I think she's the only one. 
for Carlotta? No. Kinda. I like her a little. What about Sherry? No. I just, I don't know. I wish him luck, though. But no. What about, what's her name? Uh, Cameron? No. What about Kelly? No. <laughs> but I wish them all luck. But I am really, I am really liking uh, uh, the, the other girl. She had George Clooney on this week, too. Yeah, she, she, she's coming into her own, I think, Drew Barrymore. I like her on talk show. Yeah. Well, y'all. I mean, thank y'all for listening to me for, I don't know, this has been a long time, y'all. Thank you for hanging out with me and listening to my Maxwell story, my 100th Maxwell story, and the fact that I got to meet Maxwell. I'm so excited. That I'm glad you guys uh, got to. I mean, for those of you out there who've been asking me and everything, I finally did the meet and greet. And, yeah, it was exciting. It was fun. And I just love Little Rock. Shout out to all the people in Little Rock. Oh, and shout out to the people I met. I met a wonderful mom and daughter, like a mom that was there, a lady that was there from that. She's originally from Arkansas, but her she, she moved back to Arkansas, but she once lived in Dallas. And we sat next, next to each other in a concert, and we talked. I talked to so many Maxwell fans. That at that conference, I'm a talker. So I met so many people, but shout out to them and shout out to the girl from Memphis I met who went to the concert tonight. It was crazy. I met so many great people. So, and shout out to Hannah. Hannah, thank you for being a gracious, gracious host for me while I was in Little Rock. Thank you so much for uh, uh, hanging out with me at the concert and keeping me from being a runaway, runaway uh, fan. <laughs> With Maxwell doing the runaway bride thing. You guys, thank you so much. I will see you guys hopefully next this week or next week, okay? We're going to leave that with one of my favorites. Y'all know old school, love train, compunction. It's the CC show. I'm out. See y'all. It's time out of. Bye. <laughs>
that song. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are listening to the archive show. Oh my God, Love Train. Love Train by Confunction. That is, that's my jam. You know, it reminds me of when I was a little girl and I go to like around my mom and they be partying and playing cards and they be playing this song. Oh my God, it's a great time. Love Train. Oh. So I didn't know what the, what the hell Confunction was singing about. But now I have the motor. I'm like, damn, why was I? I'm, I'm a, like 10 singing that song. Like, I really knew what was up. <laughs> okay, if you listen to the sound of my voice, you listen to our couch show. Thank you guys for hanging out with me like you do every week. Remember, you can hit me up on the Carlotta Chat. We're a Facebook page. You can also hit me up on uh, Instagram, Carly's underscore Galaxy, and uh, for Twitter, C Chat with Show, and Carlotta72. And remember, if you have a Block Talk radio show or something and you're interested in having, you know, a person on doing celebrity news, celebrity gossip, or you want somebody to review concerts or something like that, Hey, hit me up. I'm up for the uh, I'm up for it. So uh, I've also done, you know, work for other blog talk shows on here. So make sure, you know, you guys hit me up. All right, you can hit me up at the Carlotta Chat with Facebook page. Just send me a DM. All right, I'm out. Y'all have a wonderful rest of y'all weekend. See you. I'm about to go watch Canaan. Right, Canaan raising Canaan, y'all. It's a finale tonight. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. We out.